0: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Gauge on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball.
1: How are you doing today? Hope you're having a great day. A um, little bit of uh, shaky weather coming with maybe some freezing rain and snow, but enjoy the day as you're out and about. It is February the 7th. Took the dog for a walk. Couldn't believe it was so nice out there. Just out with a hoodie, or as we call it in Saskatchewan, my North Dakota. Bunny hug, bro. Fighting Hawks bunny hug. That's right. Um, this show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lottery's main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. I am, as the big boy guy Al Murdoch said, Michael Ball, no one to you is ballsy if you want to do some locker room talk. This is Sean Kleisinger. His locker room name is Zinger. He is my outstanding producer and co-host, and he has helped me line up a great show today. We're going to hear from Dante DeCaria of the Regina Pats. i got a big team signing today. Chance for you to get some autographs. Uh, Kelly Knapp, the provincial men's curling champion at three. About uh, Sorry, about uh, I got this wrong here now. I have him down. We'll figure it out. We got mm-hmm. Kelly Nap in. We have got uh, our Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Troy Casper with the LIT. And Josh Mahura, former Regina Pat, who is uh, a member of the Florida Panthers. They creamed Tampa yesterday. 7-1. Okay. 7-1. Seven, one. Seven, one. So CFL Free Agency starts... On the 14th, officially. But apparently, it, it's all done now. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Farhan Lalji... It's report- like opening all your Christmas yeah. presents Farhan, five Farhan Lalji and Justin Dunk, uh, they uh, reported yesterday that basically when free agency bell rings, ding, ding, we are going to have ourselves... A uh, quarterback in the name of Trevor Harris. Then today, apparently the Riders agreed to terms with Jake Wieneke, receiver and a friend of Trevor Harris's from Montreal, so he will be a rough rider if the reports are to be believed. Stephen Dunbar Jr. leaving the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's agreed to a contract with the Edmonton Elks. Looks like James Butler, the running back of the BC Lions, being pursued by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh, and we did tell you yesterday Drew Tate would be the receiver's coach for the rough riders. Coach told us that. What he didn't is Dell. Cowset is the club's new D-line coach, replacing Ben Olsen, who recently left to take a job at the University of Incarnate Word. Now, that is not um, officially from the team. It's from 3 Down Nation, who talked to agents. And truth be told, I will tell you this right now. Just a little disclaimer. I'm in the business of being a host with an opinion and interview a lot of guests, okay? I'm I'm not really here to break story. Sometimes I will. Sometimes Zinger will. But I have contacts, you know, like these agents and stuff that I could call too. But the thing is, is if I call the agent Zinger and then I put the story out as the voice of the team, I kind of supplant their announcement. So I just basically wait in the weeds till it's officially announced that we have the guys on. And then, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not a thing where it makes me mad personally because I know trolls are waiting. Oh, look at Ballsy. He doesn't even know what's going on. I know what's going on. I've got my handle, my jelly-stained fingers on the pulse of the CFL and the Riders. I just can't really release stuff as it relates to the Riders because then the Riders will be mad at me and I have to work with the Riders. Now, don't... Mistake that for me not being able to call it like I see it, which I have. Henceforth, I've been blocked by Cody Fajardo. Henceforth, Craig Dickinson and I have had some, we're friends, but we've had some interesting conversations off the air. Jeremy O'Day and I. It's not like I'm, I've am i got a job to do, but I also have a job to do, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm a host, but I'm the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So there you go. we got a really busy show lined up. But Zinger, We always start the show with one of these, so let's get to one of these if we can. And it is picked
2: up by Nick Marsha. And into the end zone, Marshall goes. And a pick
0: and a six. It's going to be a touchdown for Chapman Sullivan. It's Sorensen to the house. A pick six. Time now for another pick six with Balzi and friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Well, folks, for what it's
1: worth, and I know you probably don't care, I put 50 down on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, but forget the commercials. The best part of the Super Bowl is the prop betting. For those uninitiated, prop bets are some of the dumbest and most fun wagers that you can make. What time will kickoff actually happen? What color shirt will the anthem singer wear? Things like that. So let's give you a couple of game props and wacky props. Number one. What color Gatorade will douse the winning coach? Orange and yellow are favored. Here's a fun fact. The Gatorade color for each Super Bowl shower is chosen by Gatorade every year. And they'll line up three different coolers on the sideline after the game with different flavors in each. Give me red slash pink at plus 500, Alex number two in the pick six how long will chris stapleton's anthem be the country star will be belting out the national anthem this year and the over under is hovering at just over two minutes right now if you want to know the last four anthem times one minute 51 seconds one minute 49 seconds two minutes and one second and two minutes right on the money i'll put five dollars on the under by the way Why wouldn't the anthem singer tell his buddy how long the anthem is going to be and he can bet and they can split the cash? Man, I'm full of great ideas. (laughs) Number three of the pick six. What will Rihanna sing first? Don't stop, the music is favored at plus 300, but I'm not buying that one. Give me We Found Love at plus 700. There are some game prop bets as well, like who will score the first touchdown. Give me Isaiah Pacheco at 850. (laughs) Will the opening kickoff be a touchback? Yes is minus 165, no is plus 130. (laughs) Give me a touchback, it's the NFL. Kickoffs are useless. That's like taking candy from a baby. (laughs) Number six on the pick six in terms of prop betting for the Super Bowl. Who is the Super Bowl MVP? Both Jalen Hurts of the Eagles and Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes are at plus 135. Obviously, I think the Eagles are going to win, so I'm going with Hurts. But if the Chiefs win, I might go with Travis Kelsey at plus 1100. We'll get more betting tips from our expert Andy McNamara a little later in the week. Yeah, i tell you what, Zinger. This is, like, I'm a big football fan. You know that. It's my favorite sport. Hockey'd be second. Probably <sighs> baseball. Probably baseball, but only because the you know the Padres are good. I like the Twins and the Mariners in the American League because mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr. was one of my favorite players of all time. I like Kirby Puckett, as I said yesterday. And actually, we got the voice of the Seattle Mariners coming up here real soon. That would be um, Mr. Uh, Rick Riz. Rick Riz coming up just after three uh, thirty. But I. I'm a football guy, but I'm not gonna lie. To, I'm not gonna lie to you. This isn't a real sexy Super Bowl. In fact, I'm going on holidays on Super Bowl Sunday, and will be traveling all day and won't watch the game and won't miss it. Mm-hmm. How about you? I, I'm the, I'm not a big fan of this game either. It, I don't like either team. It's I, probably gonna be a good
3: football game, but I, I'm not excited for it. Now I got the Eagles, and I think the Eagles buy a touchdown at least. Yeah, I I think. To start off the week, like two weeks ago, I was kind of leaning towards the Eagles. But now, for some reason, I'm kind of leaning towards the Chiefs. So, Serenity now, I don't know what's Everybody going on. Everybody
1: says that Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is a good guy. I don't like Patrick. He's unlikable. Is he unlikable to you? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah? And don't say that because you're a Rodgers guy. No, like, no. It has nothing to do
3: with that. Did I? I mean, he has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. it's just... Uh, He's very unlikable, and I don't like Travis Kelsey. He is the biggest goofball. I don't like the way Patrick Mahomes walks. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way Travis Kelsey talks. The only so, thing I, I like about the Chiefs is probably uh, Andy Reid. He so, was on the Packers coaching staff yeah. back in the 90s. So I, Good uh, guy. So, yeah, but he made a disgrace
1: of the game with that twirl around Huddle in Vegas. Yeah, thanks for reminding me that. I'm not a big fan, and I'm not a big fan of Philly fans. They threw batteries at Santa back in the day. They're, you'd never want to play in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's, See, it's I, like, I
3: don't know, man. I don't know what to think about this Super Bowl to answer your not question. A big,
1: not a big fan. Um, don't like the halftime show boring. Rihanna's going to be boring. Oh, but the diamonds. Yeah. So, so, yeah I yeah. think that's one yeah. song. Oh, yeah, so. but shine like the diamonds. So, so... Uh, <laughs> Coin flip, heads or tails?
3: Heads. Okay. I'm
1: heads yeah, all day long. Yeah, 60% of the time it is heads, so statistically you're right. I think it's like the weight of the coin. You know, there's a lip I on, got, on the edge. Yeah. I think there's something
3: scientific about that that hasn't been looked into yet that okay, should be. Okay, so
1: I got the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I said red for the Gatorade. That would be, I think, if the Chiefs win. What do you think? The Gatorade color. Uh, I'm going to go with blue. I think blue. That's the first color that came to mind. Okay. It's my
3: favorite Color of Gatorade, okay. so maybe that's why blue.
1: Okay, I get it.
3: The one thing I do like about this Super Bowl, though, is that the Kansas City Chiefs will be wearing white jerseys. Do you like those? Their their past two Super Bowl appearances, they were wearing their reds against yeah, San Francisco, against
1: Tampa. Tampa. But, yeah, I know you know, but maybe some people out there I don't know. know. So you're great with that. You're like me so much. You're into the intricacies of the oh, game. Yeah. I like the Eagles' greens too. I have to admit, yeah, those they, are they, those wore are sharp those when they beat the
3: Patriots. Yes, so. those are
1: sharp. Their only Super Bowl victory. Yeah. They lost in those same uniforms in 19 uh in 2004 yep. and they also they've only ever Super won the they have only ever won the green jerseys yep. because they lost in the 1980 Super Bowl to uh, Jim Plunkett and the Raiders in New Orleans. I think they're due for
3: a uni uh change though. I think yep. I think within the next 10 years you heard it here first. I think they're gonna convert back to their Kelly Greens full time, the Reggie White era, Randall Cunningham.
1: Our text line is nine three six-sixty-two sixty-two. Please text us. It's powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Weigh in, what do you think of what the Riders are doing? It looks like Trevor Harris is gonna be our quarterback, Jake Wieneke, who is a good receiver. I put him in the I put him in the Chris Getzla for the newer fans. Mode, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Huey, Gluey Huey Campbell back in the day. A lot of the older fans say, like Don Hewitt, say that Jake Weineke reminds them of Huey, Gluey Huey Campbell, yeah, former a former year in 2019. American.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wasn't he like the rookie? He was the rookie of the Stunned. year or something like Stunned. That, that. So
1: you wonder, uh, what's going to happen with the rest of the rider signings? Like, oh, free agency will be done by the time free agency is here.
3: It's like I said to kick yeah. off the show, it's You're like right. opening your gifts on December 15th. Yeah. It's not very fun, but here we are. (laughs) Anyway, when we
1: come back, we're going to hear from Dante DiCaria of Your Regina Pats. they got a big night tonight and a week ahead as they're headed down the backstretch in the regular season. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: The kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Got a great text at 936-6262
1: from Keith Willoughby, who joins us during the season, does the CFL simulations. And he is um, the uh, dean at the Edwards School of Business in Saskatoon, saying he's loving the show, Uh, can't be on today. But he said, I did want to get this... um, I hope I'm pro- I hope I'm proven wrong, Ballsy, But I'm not particularly enthused about signing a 36 year old quarterback. At the very best, we're looking at one to two years of production from them. Why the continual short sighted, myopic approach with developing rider talent? That's a very uh, that's some big words there. Uh, why can't we cultivate a young quarterback? Why can't we mimic the stamps from Garcia to Burris to Bo Levi Mitchell to Jake Mayer? Probably one reason why they are perennial contenders and we lurk around the occasional run to glory in the playoffs. Um, I know why. Why is that? I I should
3: turn my mic on. I know why. Well, it's because we have to win around here. 100%. That's exactly
1: exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. I'm glad you brought that up because going into last year, O'Day said, Jeremy O'Day, the GM, said, we want to build something that's, Continuous, repetitive, Like, you know, we want to have continuous success. So he wasn't throwing all his chips in for a great cup win like Brendan Tamman did when when J.O. was the assistant GM here, right? In mm. 2013. Well, that backfired. Everything went wrong. Didn't work out. Now, O'Day, Dickinson and maybe Reynolds, they have to win or we could be looking at uh, some sweeping changes in Ryder Nation. So who's the best quarterback out there? Trevor Harris. And Zinger, as I pointed out to Keith respectfully, and he's like, thanks for talking me off the ledge, bossy." Calgary develops quarterbacks. And who else? Name me who else. Go around the teams. There's nobody else. Nobody. Nobody else. Rourke was there, and he was a phenom in BC. Edmonton, maybe Cornelius, but he's not developed yet. There's Calgary, we've already said. Saskatchewan doesn't. Winnipeg doesn't Kolaros is on the scrap heap Hamilton doesn't they signed Bo Levi Mitchell uh, and their backup is from Montreal Montreal doesn't they're losing everybody uh, Toronto uh, maybe it's still too early to tell mm. uh, they got a journeyman themselves they didn't develop McLeod Bethel Thompson it's He's tough. On it's eight. tough to develop yeah.
3: quarterbacks and stuff when the m- large majority of contracts in the CFL are one two year contracts and, and everything's year to year in this up here
1: and in in the day, Zinger. Back in the day, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts, the Patrick Mahomes, those kind of guys, they would have the Warren Moons, they would have to come to the CFL. Now they don't. The NFL's looking at those smaller, more athletic guys. Now we got these other leagues, so it's gonna be a little tougher to get these quarterbacks. But the Riders are on notice now. You've got a guy for two years potentially. That's how you gotta look at it. You got two years to either develop Mason Fine, see what Dola has got, or get the next guy. And not just the riders, the league. The league needs to start developing And guys. it's way
3: different down south too when it comes to developing talent and stuff because, number one, you know, quarterbacks taken in the first round are starters down there. But right away. Every, every player that's drafted into the National Football League, they got four years plus an option. So they're under contract for... Right. O- almost five years. And practi- That's not the case up here. And
1: the practice roster, they make uh, 207000 for yeah. the year so if they stay on drafted, all year.
3: They're locked in. So when they're locked in for con- under contract, yep. they obviously it's time for de- uh, for them to develop. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, Zinger knows the sports. He also knows how to line up guests. So let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to a guy with a lot of cash, Dante DeCaria, voice of the Regina oh. Pats. Hey, Money Man, how you doing?
4: Money,
1: man. Yeah. Where did you get that? Well, you got all these reptiles. You're probably starting your own zoo, Regina's first reptile zoo. You got all the cat house. New house. You got the you got the fancy suits and the bow tie. Pool table. Yeah, pool table. You're stacking chads over there to carry you.
5: Who said that I got a pool table? We just Me. did. <laughs> we did. Probably a pool. You probably <laughs> oh, have a I hot don't.
1: tub, everything That's over fine. there. And you know, the funny thing is you never in, you never invite your low-rent friends, Zinger and Balzi over. Brennan McGuire gets to come over. Uh, Balzi and Zinger don't get to come over. Do you guys live in the east? I do. I live further east than you. I live in White City. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Near, where is that? I'm on the golf course. Aspen Links. Keep going east towards Balgoni. I'm right there. Wow. Yeah, just go on the number You're one, really Dante, and just go East, yeah. baby. Listen, I'm talking like a big deal. I just moved into my girlfriend's house. I didn't even bring any furniture. I bought a couch now from Father's Furniture. That's where all my money went. Uh, let's Enough about our personal lives. We can talk about that later. Uh, let's talk about a big night for the Regina Pats, a second signing event, and it okay. starts at 5 o'clock with the doors opening. Give us some of the deets there, Dante.
5: So I was just at the rink, and... I noticed people are already camping out the, outside the Brand Center in lawn chairs, getting ready. Like, isn't that nuts?
1: Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Uh, listen, I've been trying to rack my brain about this. Uh, like, obviously, I'm in a silo here in Western Canada. I haven't gone to uh, watch McDavid when he played or, uh, or I was too young when Lemieux was playing junior. Gretzky didn't or barely played junior. And then you got, uh, you, you know, you have other guys, Tavares, whoever. I, I haven't watched all them. But for sure in the Western Hockey League, there has never been an attraction like no. this where he goes around and sells out rinks. And has people lining up in February with lawn chairs.
5: <laughs> Isn't it nuts? Now I will say, Balzy, it is actually a pretty nice day. Yes, day. looking what is it minus two or something? Yeah, beautiful,
1: like beautiful. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's beautiful. Sun shining. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better day in the month of February. Last year at this time, I I was dreading through minus thirty, minus forty. So I think people in Saskatchewan will take that. But I think he's the best player to come out of the Western Hockey League since Joe Sakic. I had an argument with someone the other day. And someone laughed at me when I said that. And I said, well, hold on a second. Uh, Connor Bedard hasn't played in the NHL just yet, but the last, like, unreal player to come out of the WHL, there's been some good players, to me, was Joe Sackick. And, well, that person turned around to me and said, well, you know, um, would you say Joe Sackick's a generational player? And I looked up his numbers. He had 1,700 points in, like, 1,300 games. I mean, is that not generational? Like, you're talking about well over a point-per-game player over the course of his career, and he played almost until he was 40. Right.
1: Yeah. All I I know, all I know is Sidney Crosby's on the record as saying Connor Bedard has no weaknesses. So when Sidney Crosby says that, then I, I take, I take, uh, I stand up and take notice.
5: Yeah. I I, I didn't hear that quote, but I mean, that's obviously pretty impressive. Um, you know what? Like, I had a chance to chat with Willie Desjardins, actually, in Medicine Hat on Sunday. Obviously, longtime NHL coach now, head coach and GM of the Tigers. And uh, he went out of his way in my pregame interview to come out and say that he really admires Connor Bedard on how he handles all of this. Like, all the hype. Like, he is the m- most hyped prospect to ever go to the NHL. I think he's more hyped than Connor McDavid. Like, honestly, he has all the pressure in the hockey world on his shoulders right now, and it rolls off his sleeve like water on my gecko's head. <laughs> That's
1: good. I love it. Dante Dante DiCaria joining me here from the Brand Center, or he was at the Brand Center. Now, the door's open at 5. Uh, it goes 6 to 8. I believe if I'm right, well, tell me now, there's some restrictions on the signing. Can you tell me about that? They're only allowed one item themselves, right?
5: One item, one picture, and one um, team photo to be signed. Yeah. So, like, for example, they go throughout. So, like, the line will start at the front, where the team store is, and each um, group of two players will have a table. So you have to go all the way around. You can't cut right through the back to get to Connor. Or Connor's at the end. So you go right through, um, and you're allowed to get one personal item signed and the team picture signed by each and every one of the players that you come through, and those will be given out uh, to the fans at the autograph session tonight. Do you have cal- uh, the team store will
1: Go ahead, yeah. sorry. No, go ahead, sorry.
5: The team store will also be open as well. If anybody wants to pick up some last-minute merchandise to get signed or whatever it may be, unfortunately there is a shortage on jerseys just because uh, they're they're flying off the shelves like 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 crazy. Yeah, like, they're flying off the shelves faster than uh, toilet plate paper flew off the shelves during the start of COVID. Well, I thought so you were
1: going. I thought you were going to compare it to one of your fast reptiles. What's a fast no, reptile? No, no, no. What's a fast? Uh, What's the fastest reptile you got?
5: Um, I would, I mean, they're all pretty slow to be quite honest with you, know. <laughs> my, my Tegu when he's, if it's a wild Tegu, I saw a video the other day on YouTube of it chasing a dog and it was really fast. So,
1: okay. Well, make sure you don't, you don't have a dog. Do you?
5: No, I don't. But, um, I'm actually, uh, we got something planned, uh, really cool going on next week. Um, taking some of the guys to the Humane Society here. So that's going to be a lot of fun
1: speaking oh. of dogs. Oh, wow. Wow, I just thought you were telling me you are going to buy three dogs because you got extra money because your money bag's here. Hey, I am
5: uh, not rich, Baldy. <laughs> I do not know where you're getting all this info from. I am a very average. I I got lots of bills. Let's oh,
1: God. You, listen, I'm, I'm ahead of you. I'm double your age, so you want to compare you bills? You want to know yeah. how
5: much meat in a reptile hobby costs. Yeah. It is very,
1: very, very expensive. I'll take your reptiles. You take my divorce bill. We'll trade. How does that sound? <laughs> Didn't think you'd like that. We'll talk to you later Dante. Love you brother. We'll talk soon. All right, thanks man. Bye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don't mic drop. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 331, the
3: Rough Riders have agreed to terms on a two-year contract with pending free agent receiver Jake Wieneke, Jake Wieneke, sorry, according to league sources. Uh, The 28-year-old was named uh, the most outstanding rookie in the East Division in 2019 as he recorded 41 receptions for 569 yards and eight touchdowns over 18 games with the Owls, and it appears as though he will don the green and white in 2023.
1: And this is what we call our Indigenous Sports Spotlight where we highlight a player a coach, a builder, and in this case, a referee that's doing some great work on the playing surface and in the community as well. Today, we highlight Brian Crupolo, a CFL official for the last 17 years. He's also a longtime member of the Winnipeg Police Force. krupolo has been inducted into the North American Indigenous Athletics Hall of Fame as part of the 2023 class. It's
6: a—it's a—it's very humbling, I can tell you that. As, as an official, you don't you know we're not there for recognition but uh to be recognized for the work that i've done in the with the cfl in the community it's it's uh it's a good feeling
1: yeah and indigenous athletes indigenous coaches and builders sometimes they get left behind i think it's great when a guy like you can be kind of a role model you don't like recognition but do you do you like to be looked at as a role model do you hope to change somebody's you know i don't know about life but at least their perception on sports and what indigenous people can do
6: yeah I think very much what you said. Uh, I try not to to say I'm a role model, but at the same time, given the the positions that I do have with my jobs, uh, i I think I am uh, indirectly um, to to have the ability to to think that that we can make a change in even just one person is uh, is something that's very impactful and and it's something that I, I think we strive for to try to make a difference. I'm a police officer. I'm a staff surgeon with the Winnipeg Police. I've been here for 29 years, and I work in the community relations unit. Part of the, the job that I have is I deal with the Indigenous Partnership section, and, and I oversee that. Uh, I deal with a number of our uh, Indigenous communities throughout the city and the province. In my spare time, because I have a lot of it, I'm, I'm actually... I've tried to learn how to speak Ojibwe for the last year and a half uh, through a group here in the city. So I, I try to keep active and busy in, in things in, in that regard.
1: Brian Crupolo joining us here, uh, longtime CFL official, 17
6: years. How did you get into officiating, Brian? I worked, ironically, with Al Bradbury um, when he was starting his officiating uh, here in Winnipeg with the Amateur um, Association. So for about two years, he hounded me to uh, to become an official to join them. Uh, I finally did, and then I did that for about five or six years. And then we had uh, we had three kids that were going to be under the age of two. They were our boys are literally five days apart for for their birthdays. Oh wow! Um, So it was it was becoming a a daunting task, and and I was considering that I was going to be done. And at the time, the director of officiating was George Black, and he called uh, and wanted to meet me. Um, So I kind of funny I, I went to the to the place to meet him and. I was working in our gang unit here in Winnipeg and at the time I had longer hair and, and I wore a Harley <laughs> Davidson shirt, a pair of jeans and a pair of work boots and I had my equipment, my force options on my on my belt. Um, so I knock on the door to go in and and the guy leaving uh, is leaving in a three-piece suit and I'm walking in wearing jeans and a, and a sweatshirt and I, I had to tell George, uh, I didn't realize this was an interview, I'm, I thought I was coming to meet you to say hi and... Uh, and I'm working. As soon as I've done this, I'm going right back to work. So, we we talked for about an hour, and then I left with a with a job where I got I got three games in the CFL for the first time, and, and that's what changed. Leaving football uh, because of the time commitment, and and I was able to uh, to join the CFL.
0: You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Oh, my God, my
4: God.
7: Bottom of the fifth inning, 3-0 Mariners. Clevenger checks the runners again, and a 2-2 on the way to Carlos Swain, a high drive deep into the gap. In right center field, going and going, and goodbye.
1: in the long All right. And we're continuing the show brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries on this Tuesday by heading out in the Western Pizza Hotline. You just heard that guy's call. Rick Riz, the voice of the Seattle Mariners. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Michael, it's my pleasure.
7: How you doing? Uh, Can't wait to get the spring training down in sunny Arizona and get the 2023 season underway after what the Mariners accomplished last year. Great to visit with you, buddy.
1: Yeah, it's great to visit with you too. And before I get to going down to spring training and if that ever gets old, where did you come up with the phrase, goodbye baseball. I love that call. Well, I'll
7: tell you what, uh, you know, uh, when I first started in the minor leagues, it was uh, swinging a fly ball, deep to left field, and it's gone, a home run. But uh, when I was in Amarillo, Texas, I started in 1975 in Alexander, Louisiana, with the Padres A Farm Club, Michael, then we moved the franchise to Amarillo. Every winter, uh, the Texas Rangers would go on a caravan, much like what the Mariners have done for many, many years. And their longtime broadcaster, Dick Reisenhofer, uh, would come with a number of players, which we do, you know, during the course of the winter. We bring players with us around the area, including up there to Canada, to, mm-hmm. to uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he sat down with me and he encouraged the young broadcaster. His home run call was goodbye, Mr. Spalding. And he really made an impact on me. He was inspirational to support me. And uh, so, but uh, sadly, he passed away the following year to honor him. I would just take his home run call and tweak it instead of goodbye, Mr. Spalding. I would just say goodbye baseball. So it's honor of Dick Reisenhooper, the longtime broadcaster for the Texas
1: Rangers. That's a great story. Uh, Rick, you've had to replace in Detroit Ernie Harwell and then in Seattle, Dave Niehaus. uh, Pardon my expression, but that takes some pretty big baseballs. (laughs) What was that like?
7: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, you know, I was with Dave Niehaus for 25 years. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the man meant everything to me. He got me to Seattle in 1983 as a young broadcaster. He mentored me and became one of my dearest friends. Uh, Our families became very, very close. I just saw his wife at a party at her house with a number of folks from the ball club just a few days ago. I watched his kids grow up and his grandchildren. And he watched my son grow up, who's now 42. So we became family. And my job now is to honor Dave along the way. When there's bases loaded, somebody hits a home run, uh, grandma's gonna get out the right bread and mustard. And uh, you know, when they hit a grand slam. Uh, replacing, trying to replace Ernie Harwell was difficult because uh, the ball club was sold my first year there in 1992. Tom Monahan sold the team to Mike Gillich and then he wanted Ernie back. It became a very difficult situation. In that regard, but um, you know, here in Seattle, they've got me back. After it didn't work out in Detroit trying to replace Ernie, it was Dave Niehaus and the Mariners who got me back. So I appreciated everything that men did for me, and I love them, and I'm sure I miss them like crazy.
1: Well, we had Corey Provis, the voice of the Minnesota Twins, on because here in Saskatchewan, we're close to... That's our closest ball club, even though we have the Jays here. The Twins are closer. And, of course, a lot of B.C. Uh, Canadian baseball fans will go down to watch Seattle Mariner games. So it's a great tie-in yeah. here. Rick, Rick Riz, voice of the Seattle Mariners. Now, my favorite players of all time, it's a reason why I'm a Padres fan, Tony Gwynn, but I also loved Ken Griffey Jr. Rick, who's your, yeah. fa- who's your favorite Mariner of all time? Oh,
7: it, it's it's hard to say, but if he had to pick one, it has to be Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, there's a statue outside the ballpark of the greatest mariner in the history of the franchise. Uh, six hundred and thirty home runs, but it wasn't, you know, all about the numbers that he put up, the numbers put him in the hall of fame. It was about who the guy was, you know, as a kid getting the big leagues, Michael, at the age of nineteen mm. and what he did between then and the time he walked off the field as a Mariner, he went to Cincinnati for nine years after eleven years in Seattle. But what he did on and off the field and in the community was just unbelievable. Edgar has a statue out there and uh, outside the ballpark. Edgar Martinez, Dave Niehaus has a statue, you know, in right center field in the concourse out there. But uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, is the greatest player that I've ever seen, let alone the greatest player in the history of the Seattle Mariners franchise. And we've had so many, it's hard to pick one guy. I mean, each throw has had an amazing career. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, Andrew Martinez. Uh, so, um, but if you have to pick one guy, you know, greatest player of all time in Mariners history, it has to be Ken Griffey Jr.
1: I knew I liked you for a reason. Uh, Teoscar <laughs> Hernandez comes from the Blue Jays yeah. to Seattle. We know here in Canada this guy can do some damage. How excited are you?
7: Yeah, we know he can do some damage too. He a couple home runs against us, you know, in that uh, that series up in Toronto. The Mariners ended up sweeping that best of three series. The guy can hit. He's excited about coming to Seattle. We lost Mitch Haniger, but we replaced uh, Mitch uh, with uh, Teoscar Hernandez, who's an exciting player. He can hit and run and. And play defense, and we're excited to have Teoscar Hernandez. That was one of the great acquisitions that Jerry Depoto has made. Jerry's done a super job mm-hmm. as the as the architect of this team, as the uh, vice president of baseball operations, GM, call him whatever you want. Justin Hollander is now has the title of GM, and he's done a great job as well. But uh, Jerry built this club up, for, you know, as the foundation with the farm system, and has added to it. And Teoscar Hernandez was a great addition during the course of the offseason. You know him as well as anybody, but uh, we're going to love watching Teoscar Hernandez play right field for us for a long time.
1: Nice move by the Mariners, adding second baseman Colton Wong in a trade with the Brewers. The the middle infielders will probably be more key this year with uh, no shifting now, I would think.
7: Yeah, Michael. You know, uh, I've, I've talked to J.P. Crawford about this, who won a Gold Glove a couple of years ago. Shortstops can be a shortstop now. Second baseman could be a second baseman instead of a, a fourth outfielder. Uh, a lot of times I'd look out on the field many, many times, and J.P. would be behind second base or on, well on the other side of second base. Our third baseman, A.U. Anio Suarez, played shortstop more than J.P. Crawford, I think, because of defensive shifts. But now, a shortstop has a chance to be athletic like J.P. Crawford is And I talked to J.P. about, uh, you know, the defensive shifts, and he said he can't wait to become a shortstop again, to make the plays to his right, make the plays to his left, uh, catch everything around him. Uh, Colton Wong, an outstanding defensive second baseman, two gold gloves. So now you have to get back to being athletic uh, up the middle, which the Mariners are. Cal Raleigh behind the plate. J.P. at short. Colton Wong at second and Julio Rodriguez, American Mm. League rookie of the year out there in center field. But I'm going to love getting rid of the defensive shifts because now baseball is going to look like baseball again, uh, like we used to play it, and uh, I'm it's great that these athletes can be athletes again, especially the guys up the middle.
1: Well, Rick, uh, Corey, uh, when he was on with me, the Twins announcer said, you know, uh, he was disappointed because it seemed like uh, hitters didn't really want to adapt. They're just, I hit this way, this is how I'm going to hit. And can you imagine, I I referenced Tony Gwynn. He would have absolutely destroyed the shift.
7: Oh, my gosh, Michael. Uh, I I couldn't believe that hitters just refused to hit the ball the other way. All the great hitters in the game of baseball. You take a look at all the uh, batting champions in the game. You know, Tony Gwynn, you know, and Wade Boggs, Ichiro, uh, Edgar Martinez, guys that were willing to hit the ball the other way. There was an entire left side of the infield for a left-handed hitter up there, and all he had to do was hit the ball the other way for a base hit. I had George Brett on the air with me in 2019. We went to Kansas City, Michael, Mm -hmm. and I've known George for 40 years. And I asked him. I said, "George, would you mind joining uh, join me on the broadcast sometime during the game?" And He said, "Sure, Rick. I didn't wasn't sure if he'd show up, but he did." And it was the top of the fourth inning, and it was a long inning. Thank goodness it was a long inning because we had a great conversation, and we were talking about George back in 1980, almost hitting 400. He hit 390 that year. Ted Williams is still the last guy in Major League Baseball to hit 400, 406 in 1941. So then we got to start talking about the defensive shifts, I said, George, what do you think about the defensive shifts? And he went off. He said, Rick, if they shifted on me and Edgar Martinez, we'd hit 400 every year. I said, why? We were able to hit the ball the other way. He said, Charlie Lau was hitting coach when he first came up as a rookie in the mid to early 1970s with the Royals. He said, if it wasn't for Charlie Lowe, he said, I would have been out of baseball in year. I said, we're on radio here, George. How did you hit the ball the other way? He said, it was simple, Rick. He said, I just use a left-handed hitter. I just drove my front shoulder into the pitch and took my natural swing and I could hit the ball the other way all day long. Anything, a pitch middle in, I could handle and pull and hit hard and hit home runs. I said, it was that easy. He said, it was that easy. So, yeah, you know, so many players refuse to hit the ball the other way because of exit velocity and launch angle and hitting the ball over the shift when all these hitters had to do was just hit the ball the other way. I saw Ken Griffey Jr. lay down a bunt when he was shifted on. So now we're not going to see that anymore. I think it's going to be great for baseball.
1: Okay, Rick, we're running short on time, but I do, and i will love to have you on again when the Blue Jays hook up with Seattle. Um the, the rule changes, the bases are a little wider. The one I wanted to ask you about is the, uh, the pitch clock. I actually don't mind that. Yeah. The average baseball fan's age is about 57, so between my age and between your age. Uh, I, we need to get this game a little younger for the future and people's attention span not that long. So even though you got to have a nice <laughs> conversation with George Brett, and I, I totally would understand that. We need to speed this game up.
7: We do, and I love the pitch timer. I really do. You know, a pitcher has 15 seconds with nobody on base to deliver a pitch. And the key point of the pitch timer as well is the hitter has to be ready within eight seconds, you know, of that time. So he's got to be ready to Mm -hmm. hit. If he's not, it's going to be a strike. And if the pitcher takes too long, it's going to be a ball. So I love it because down in the minor leagues over the past few years, when they've tested out the pitch timer, 15 seconds with nobody on base, 20 seconds with somebody on base. It has cut an average of 24 minutes off the game. And not only is it the time of the game that has been lopped off, it has been the pace of play that, that goes on during the course of the ball game. The ball is in play. going to be a lot more. I think it's going to be great for baseball. Baseball is going to look like baseball like it was 20, 25 years ago with the no defensive shifts and with pitchers not wasting any time you know sending a pitch up to home plate i love it it's going to be great kids and families are going to get home a lot earlier and uh, i just think it's a, going to be a great innovation
1: you know i uh, i'm not going to lie to you i don't watch uh, baseball all 162 games it's a long season i got things to do but i love it early i, I love it early <laughs> and i and i love it late rick uh it must get your juices flowing after all these years to go to arizona in spring training just to wrap up
7: Oh, Michael, uh, I, I love it. I, I've been doing this for 48 years. Eight years in the minor leagues, 40 years in the big leagues. It's is my 41st. And I, and I can't wait to get down to spring training. Uh, the juices get flowing again. It's, it's uh, you know, a long, long season of seven months spring training, hopefully longer than that when you get to the postseason like the Mariners did last year. And last year was the first time in a long time when I left the booth Uh, That uh, April, excuse me, October fifteenth or eighteenth, the last game against Houston Astros, when we finally wrapped up after the tough eighteen inning loss against the Astros, lost one to nothing. The Mariners gave the Astros everything that they could handle. Uh, I couldn't wait for spring training when I left the booth. I'm excited about this year. The pitching is outstanding. The addition of Luis Castillo during the course of the season at the trade deadline. They have him all year long, the maturation of Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. Julio Rodriguez is the American League Rookie of the Year. These kids are going to get better and better. Cal Raleigh played the last month and a half, Michael, with a torn ligament in his thumb, hit that home run on September 30th that put us in the playoffs with that walk-off wow. pinch hit home run against Domingo Acevedo and the Oakland A's to win that ball game. Matt Brash, Andres Munoz down to the bullpen, the additions that Jerry DePoto has made he's done a great job to build this ball club from the ground up and i just can't wait for spring training here in 2023 and what this ball club is going to accomplish this year michael we hope a lot of fans come down from canada i know they will Mm -hmm. a lot of baseball fans up there and i can't wait for the start of the season and the start of spring training which is right around the corner
1: what a great voice of major league baseball the seattle mariners rick riz joining us for the first time on the sports cage i can't wait to talk to you again my friend Michael, anytime, give me a call. Take care,
0: buddy. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main
1: fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. We'll get to a couple of your tech singer. And Ballsy here. I'm Ballsey That's Zinger, my producer slash co-host. So uh, I was talking to Rick Riz, man. What? A, he might be the smoothest. No disrespect to Merrill Reese of the, of the Philadelphia Eagles or Chris Cuthbert. We've had him on before and so many others. He might be the smoothest guest oh, we've ever had.
3: Just the ebbs and flows. No ums are ahs. No ums or, no or ahs. I mean, get out the rye, bread, baby. What is it? Get out the rye and mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Another salami, grand oh, salami. Get
1: out the rye bread and mustard, Grandma. It is grand salami time. Yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his. Um, his kudos to his old partner Dave Niehaus, legend. Imagine replacing Ernie Harwell and Dave Niehaus. We were talking about the rule changes with the veteran broadcaster. We both like the pitch clock, but I never got to ask him this. Um, but I do want to ask you this. I wonder if a concern will be, you know, Tommy John, elbow injuries. Those pitchers put a lot of stress on their arms as is. What about speeding it up?
3: Especially since they've been pitching at this, you know, pace. Dating back to their college especially days, especially
1: in the cold weather, zinger early on in the season it's or late be in the season, to look for something to watch is. out. My it,
3: favorite one out of all the rule changes is the defensive shift, so I didn't like that at all.
1: Yeah, Manny, Manny, Manny Machado, the third baseman playing in right field, yeah, because <laughs> behind the second base. Yeah.
3: Uh, sorry, you you go ahead. No, no, no. You got we got time. Yeah, because. Watching a game on TV, a lot of the times, you know, when you see a ball hit up the middle, back in the day, you're like, oh, yes, that's a single right away But when it goes right over the mound between or just over second base. But nowadays, it's like, okay, you know, (laughs) we're (laughs) going to know – it's going to be better for the watcher because yeah. we're going to know what's going to be a hit and what's not going to be a hit. Well, you you know
1: baseball before. more than me. I'm not going to sit here as an expert, but I will tell you this. To have like a Wong from Milwaukee to go there, to have a Hassan Kim for the Padres with like uh, Bogarts in the middle. Have a, uh, you can't have enough good defensive pieces or a good catcher yeah. that could throw guys out with a wider bases and everything. It's going to be real interesting. We got our text messages coming in courtesy of Capital Ford Lincoln 936. Sixty-two, sixty-two. This one from Anonymous Texter. Uh, as a rider fan, I'm not sold on Trevor, Trevor Harris either, but I hope I'm wrong. Okay, but who else are you going to get here? Who else right now is more attractive than Trevor Harris in the quarterbacking market? And this one comes from Jack. I think it's the same guy that busts my baseballs on Twitter. My God, Ballsy, you're complaining about everything. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rihanna, what the hell's wrong with you? Are you trying to turn away listeners? No. Jack just you just you I'm trying to turn you away listen Jack it's not all salt and vinegar chips and rainbows and gum Salsa, maybe. I don't salsa. Yeah. I don't like the Super Bowl matchup. I'm a Chargers fan, so I hate the Chiefs. And I'm not a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, although I like their jerseys. If you force me to pick, which I have, I'm betting 50 on Philadelphia. But I'm not even watching the damn thing. I don't care. <laughs> I'm
3: more excited about the meal that I will be ordering my family go. from Western there Pizza. There you go. That uh,
1: tells you something about the football game, doesn't it? There you go. We're going to take a break. Josh Mahura, formerly of the Pats, of the Florida Panthers, joins us next. It's the Sports Cage on 620
0: CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: And welcome back to the show on a beautiful day for February in Canada's Queen City at the corner 12th and Rhodes. like minus one here on February the 7th. People are lined up in lawn chairs outside the Brandt Centre, the west entrance, for the team signing. Now, I, I guess there are two players at table or something like that. I was going to ask Dante DiCari when we had him on, the voice of the Pats, who drew the short straw to sit next to Bedard. Yeah, and will
3: that'd that be? And be will humbling. that? And will that kid need
1: counseling?
3: Yeah, <laughs> be humbling. Right? I'd be so depressed when right? I out on. Oh home.
1: my God! God, I would need counseling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> they should sit him in his own section of the rink. Let's just be honest here. Anyway, this show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lottery. the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Um, I do want to mention, rewinding back, uh, every Tuesday we either do Cougars in the Cage and then once... A month in a Tuesday time slot of 332 ish. We do the indigenous sports spotlight. It's brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western pizza. Joining us is former Regina Pat, current Florida Panther, Josh Mahura. Thanks for joining me, Josh. I appreciate it.
8: Hey guys, how's it going?
1: Good, so have you, listen, you're 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 an alumni of the Regina Pats. Have you been as much as you can following what this Bedard kid's doing in Regina?
8: Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, kind of tough not to at this point. Um, obviously from playing for Regina and stuff, I've always kind of, since I left all along, how the team's been doing, but uh, watching uh, watch them lighting them up has uh, been pretty
1: fun. Yeah, so Josh, you're with the Anaheim Ducks picked up on waivers before the season and you are having well, from what I can tell, your best year statistically. You got four goals, I believe it's 11 assists, you're a plus 14 on the season, or sorry four goals, seven assists, 11 points, plus 14 on the season in 53 games. What's gone right for you in uh, Southern Florida?
8: Um, You know, just kind of being put in uh, the right position here. When I first came here there wasn't... um too many expectations for me uh come in just to try to fill a role that they needed and um you know just right right from me my deep part of that kind of started clicking and um things just started going right from there you know we got a great team here um definitely turning in the right direction right now and the coaching staff uh that believes in me so um just kind of um like i said things just um felt like they gelled pretty nice uh Right at the very beginning, and uh, you know it's been pretty fun so far.
1: You're a great guy to talk to about this, uh, Singer and I. You met, you talked to him off air here, my co-host and my uh, producer. We were down in California watching some NFL games and some NHL games with your old team, the Anaheim Ducks. And I said to him, "We're, we're doing a show by the pool," and I'm like, "It's got to be hard to stay focused on hockey when you're living somewhere like Huntington Beach or something." You not you have, you have played in California and now Florida. Serious, dude, how hard is it to stay focused going to the rink?
8: no seriously i mean sometimes uh i think you can take it for granted um especially for me like you said kind of going coast to coast and um two of the uh better places to live in um the entire country so i think that um you know it's something like i said you just can't take it for granted it's a privilege to be able to, to be able to come outside and um be able to enjoy the weather and enjoy the places you live and like you said i've Grew up in Edmonton. I played in Regina. played in Red Deer, So, um, you know, to be able to uh, be playing hockey in um, these places right now is uh, definitely such a such a privilege that, um, you know, that, like I said, you just can't take it for granted.
1: You must have liked playing in Florida better because you don't have as much uh, tax there. No no state tax. You get to keep some more of your cash. <laughs>
8: yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, that <laughs> definitely doesn't hurt. Hey, what's it like playing
1: for Paul Maurice?
8: yeah he's he's awesome i think um you know one of the biggest things with him is um you know he's got that kind of presence about him um you know he's his career nhl win last night um so shout out to him it's uh it's very you know you know you just look at the statistics for him and um what he's able to do with teams and i think that kind of speaks for himself um you know i think being around him now he's um he's truly a really humble man and Um, just wants uh, to get the best out of his players and get the best out of his team. So, um, you know, it's been a privilege to be able to uh, play under him and, um, you know, get the knowledge from him and the other coaches we have here. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Hey, uh, Josh Mahur joining us here, former Pat, current Florida Panther defenseman. So, you're in, you know. You're now into the league four years. Uh, you're looking at your your stats, and I said, "Hey, uh, they're pretty good." Sometimes stats lie; sometimes they don't. But when I look at your stats, not only with who you're playing with, the different situation, but is the game slowing down for you now? Like, are you feeling like an NHL or like you're you're getting a handle of this thing now?
8: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think the first uh, first few years when you're trying to break in, especially as a guy that. Um, You know, you're kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, Definitely trying to establish yourself. You sometimes, um, you know, maybe start second guessing yourself a little bit, not making the plays that kind of got you there, doing the things. But um, I feel like now, uh, the more I played, the more you start realizing um, that uh, that you can play in this league and that and that you can make plays. Like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with the trust. I've gained from the coaching staff and from my teammates so mm-hmm. um, you know it's, it's throughout the year I've, I've, I've started feeling more and more comfortable to be able to do what I can do and um, you know it uh, definitely makes a lot um, of a difference for, for me as
1: a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more quick questions for you, uh, Josh. Uh, is, is it, a, you know, the team was is a surprise because they were near the top of the standings and now just fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, Matthew Kachuk comes in there and he's he's added a lot, but out goes Hubert O and Mackenzie Weger You're coming in here now as one of the new pieces, new coach. Was it just a thing where you guys got to figure each other out and figure out the, the system under the new head coach and you feel like maybe you're starting to turn it now?
8: Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, you know, throughout um the first half, um we had a lot of guys in the lineup. We were we weren't very healthy honestly for the first bit and um like you said, there's a lot of different pieces coming from um when they won the President's trophy last year. So um, you know, we're playing our best hockey right now. Uh, we feel like that um we have all year which is um trending in the right direction and um you know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dog fight for the rest of the way. And, um, you know we're excited for. We're excited for the challenge and um, you know, we're we're just ready to uh continue to play our best hockey and give ourselves our best chance to uh be in the playoffs.
1: All right, and lastly, Josh Maher, I have asked I had Sam Steele on this show, we've had other guys recently. What do you miss most about playing junior hockey if you miss anything?
8: Yeah, I think uh, you know, you don't really realize it at the time, but um you know, being in the communities, uh, being able to play in Regina um, was such a privilege, I was able to uh, be on the men's team there and um, the year before where we went to the finals and uh, just to see the community rally together like that, um, you know, you're, you're, you don't really realize it, but you don't, you don't really have any other um, care in the world other than hockey with with some of your best buddies um, during it and um, you just kind of create those memories that last a lifetime. So. Um, you know, it was definitely a lot of fun. You missed those days and stuff hmm. like that, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, like I guess just a ton of fun, um, being able to compete, um, well, you're younger and, um, you know, you get to live with the bill of families, have your parents and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just having that community sense. And, um, like I said, I was, I was lucky enough to. Be able to go on some runs, so uh, yeah. that was a lot of
1: fun. Were you a pizza delivery guy? They've got their Western Pizza Have a Heart coming up here on the thirteenth, where the players deliver and take orders, make pizzas. Did you have to do that, Josh? Yeah,
8: yeah, I did that for a couple of years, so that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. You really start to see uh, the top faithful around out there, and um, you know, shout out to them.
1: Yeah, and uh, what's your if you had if you had to eat one pizza for the rest of your life, Josh Mahur of the for, uh, Florida Panthers, what would it be?
8: Uh, one pizza, um, ham and pineapple.
1: All right, so you just go out, you kick the crap out of the Tampa Lightning seven one. You go, you order in uh, from Uber Pilot. Uh, they bring in that Western Pizza there, and you have yourself a ham and pineapple. Hey, Josh, thanks for your time, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule. Enjoy the warm weather. We're not. Uh, we're playing the smallest violin in the world for you. Okay. <laughs>
8: Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having
1: me. Take care, Josh Mahura, a former Regina Pat number 28 with the Florida Panthers. Number one in your heart. When we come back, the provincial men's curling champion joins us. That would be Kelly Knapp. This is the Sports Cage on 620
0: CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. And this show on this Tuesday is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries,
1: the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups in the province. One sport that's huge in the province, we know for years and many more years to come, is curling. And for the first time ever, by virtue of a 5-4 victory over Swift Current, Steve Laycock, my next guest, Kelly Knapp, is a provincial champion as a skip. Congratulations, my friend. Ooh, that sounds good. Doesn't it? That sounds really yes. good. Uh, thank you very much. So, tell me about the weekend. Uh, did it look bleak at times? How did you keep the faith? Oh, it certainly
9: looked uh, bleak at times. How about in our first game? We were uh, <laughs> down five nothing to a very talented young team, Bernath, and we we managed to scrape our way back in that one and pull out a victory. And then our next one was against the Steve Laycock rink, who we ended up meeting a few more times after that. But they had a four-point lead on us in that one too and again we scraped our way back and then from from there we got off to a few better starts and uh and and kind of cruised from there
1: yeah awesome man yeah so talk about meeting laycock that many times and having to uh beat him in the end it's never easy to beat a team once let alone a couple of times
9: oh well tell me about it with uh steve and and pretty much everyone on his team actually my track record has been nothing short of terrible against all those guys so to beat them three times in one event is uh is amazing it was very different
1: so uh talk about reading the ice I talked to Catelyn um, uh Katlin Schneider about this and you know the, the team that can pick up on the ice the fastest is generally the one that uh, has success how was it for your team
9: uh yeah I think that's a really good point actually um I truly feel like our team picked up on the ice the best like we were really comfortable with it for the whole week. Um, thanks so much to the ice makers there in, in Estevan. One of the guys there was our main man, Darren Gress, from the Highland, and right. he always makes incredible ice. Um, so, yeah, it, like, it was just a treat to uh, play on, and and we got a read for it pretty early in the event. And it was a question that came up a few times, was people noticed that we didn't uh, play a whole bunch of games in this tankard. We, we only played a total of five games so you know i think a few people were were thinking that some other teams and playoffs would maybe have an edge that way but fortunately the ice just kept on being being pretty much the same as it was at the end of the week as it was at the start so that was a really nice treat because it doesn't always work that way
1: so kelly did did that give you an advantage that one of the main ice makers is in your home rank, the highland here in regina
9: um you know i i wouldn't say so like the the ice is great at the highland um but it, i think probably experience more than anything because tankard ice is usually always pretty good and darren's been making it for for uh, quite a while so um i just think that we have a lot of tankards under our belt on our team and and we've been in that environment lots and and i just think that that the ice was was really great and if you were throwing the stone well um then then good things
1: were going to happen what's the strength of your personal game
9: oh boy um the strength of my personal game would probably be the three guys that are throwing in front of me because they make my uh, job pretty easy so that's nice but no i'm i i really like the um touch game um it's it's one of my favorite parts of curling. I I, I like that I played second too for, for a number of years there because that tuned in the upweight ability as well. So I I've got that shot in my game as well. But it's kind of that finesse game that I that I tend to really like.
1: So is that conducive to the ice you play on at the Highland and at this event? Because I asked uh, Catlin Schneider that, you know, you you, you try to draw a compare. I'm a football guy mainly. Uh, yeah. And so some football teams play better on turf. Some are better when it's slow and plodding. What is your rank and what do you uh, play better? You know, what kind of ice? Is it swingy? Is it fast? Um,
9: I... I'd say that whether it's um swingy or a little on on the straighter side, like we're okay with uh, both of that. But I, I definitely like fast ice. Yeah, it's uh and you know as long as it's pretty consistent, um, then I, I find that it's it's pretty easy to get a feel for it and and can really have a lot of success. Uh, it, one thing that is really nice that's that's been implemented in um, curling, too, is that teams actually get the chance to practice before games. Mm-hmm. So we so we all get a few stones. Um, and to be able to go out and practice and get that feel down, like it really sets you up for that first end and really for the rest of the game. So so that's been a nice change over the last number of years with the game. Kelly Knapp. Ra- rather than that old coin toss.
1: Yeah, that's right. Kelly Knapp joining me here. Your brother Trent plays on the team. You guys are twins, fraternal twins. You came out first or he came out first? I did. Okay. And I let him know that all the time. So, so how, how, how much quicker were you to this world than him? I was 14
9: minutes. So a pretty decent amount of time.
1: (laughs) So you're much wiser. Do you continue to tell him that? Way wiser. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Do you guys uh, get along (laughs) on the
1: ice or do you butt heads or how's
9: that relationship? Uh, we, we are quite good for the most part, especially considering that we are uh, twins. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that we maybe poke each other a little bit more than we do the other two, but, uh, but I'd say we get along pretty well.
1: When did it sink in? You're going to represent Saskatchewan on the national stage.
9: Um, oh, probably just an hour or two ago, really. It's been a whirlwind of a 24 hours. Um, lots going on. And actually, you know, I, I was up a little later than I probably should have been last night for a work day today because that alarm was still set for 6 a.m. So it's it's I worked all day and, and didn't really have a lot of time to. To process that so you're
1: you're um, you're you're the skip you're supposed to think two or three shots ahead now you're a great (laughs) physiotherapist why in the bloody hell didn't you take today off just uh, just uh you know projecting that you'd win come on man
9: because i knew how many days i'd have to take off for
1: london I I get it. That's good. Um, so and, um,
9: and and maybe I've been a little too used to losing tankard, so it's nice to be on the other side.
1: So you're a great talker. Where did that come from, mum or dad? Oh
9: boy, um, I'd say a little bit of both of them in different ways. Um, yeah, my 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 dad's you know like a little quieter and more witty, and then my mum is is a little more of a talker like
1: me, I guess. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, so who are you going to lean on in terms of getting, uh, some advice uh, going into this big thing? Uh,
9: well, definitely, uh, everyone else on the team. Um, (laughs) Trent and I are, the rookies here. Um, I shouldn't say that fully for myself. Like I've been fortunate enough to have gone to the briar actually back when it was in London, right. in 2011. Yeah. It was with uh, Brennan Jones. He was second mm-hmm. on the team. Um, and then Steve Laycock was the skip at that time. So that was great. And then I also got some, some trials experience a couple of years ago when I went with team McEwen. So um, I kind of know what goes on around there um, in those big events. So that's really going to come invaluable.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess I meant, and I knew your track record, I guess I meant just as a skip, it's kind of a different animal when you're leading the team, right?
9: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but any little bit helps, um, you know, I'm, I'm just super excited to be a part of this group. Um, it, it like, it's very special to be the skip for sure, but, uh, like this group of guys is is just amazing and I I I'm thrilled to be going to London with this team.
1: Okay, uh lastly, you know, people that have curled but have never been in this moment. What's it like when you're at the at the winner's table, so to speak, or the podium, taking a picture? Like did you, could you oh. quite comprehend what's going on here?
9: No, it's you just kind of get that that thought in your mind that you've seen it so many times and you picture yourself there in the past, but to actually be there and feeling it was just incredible. And obviously the way that that game ended, there was so much emotion Mm -hmm. at at, uh, the end for our team. So, you know, we were definitely humming at that time. So there was lots going on um, filled with excitement. Um, I'm going to be anxious to watch that back a little more because I mean, it was, was a little tough to soak in at the moment when there was so much, happening and so much emotion going on
1: when when will you watch that back do you wait like i talked to richie hall richie hall just recently he's he lost the great cup here he said he hasn't watched it he'll maybe watch it here in february Uh, that was a loss this is a win will you watch it later like after the 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 tim hortons briar or will you watch it before
9: we've we've already watched a few shots from the final just when we got back last night so that was really good um but oh the whole game um that that that's a tough one i'm uh, it's whenever the team wants to we'll probably have to talk talk that one out maybe we'll use it as a little motivator and fire it up right before we go to london
1: some beer and chicken wings and check it out
9: Yes, that's our team style for sure—is to have a couple <laughs> beers and and have some laughs and play some cards together. So
1: okay, so if they want to get in the uh, in the physio game with you, we're going to get a hold of you, my friend. I'll give you a little plug here. That's the sidebar. Oh here. wow, look at this! I'm
9: I'm at level ten physio in South Regina on on uh, Grant Grant Drive.
1: That's awesome my or, co-
9: sorry, on uh, Grant Road Grant
1: Road, yeah, my cousin Dan Farthing runs that, so a little uh, in the family thing cousin, that's eh? my cousin, that's right. one guy was great, and the other guy turned out to be Michael ball <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> well, I think that
9: you're pretty great too hey. I, I i but I do have a lot of great things to to say about Dan Farthing, so maybe I can't quite quite put you in his category yet
1: well dude, dude's in his fifties, and he's got muscles where you shouldn't have muscles. it's crazy. <laughs> No kidding. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for your time. Best of luck. Congratulations, Kelly Knapp. Okay, Ballsy.
9: Appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
1: Yeah, congratulations to Kelly Knapp. Great speaker, too, man. Can't wait to have him on in the future. Hopefully he wins the Tim Hortons and ends Saskatchewan's. Now. Now, excuse me, 43 year drought. 1980, Rick Folk won the championship, uh, the Briar. All right, coming up, we've got the CFL report, and then we'll check in with Arash Madani live from the Super Bowl. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's 432 at the Sports Ticker, and hey, LeBron
3: James is 36 points away from the NBA all-time scoring record. The Lakers take on uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight at 9 p.m. Saskatchewan time. LeBron on the verge of passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Maybe it happens tonight. The workhorse from Whitehorse, Dylan Cousins, has signed a seven-year $7.1 million extension with the Buffalo Sabres.
1: This is the CFL Report, and as he does each week on the Sports Cage, Riders head coach Craig Dickinson was gracious enough to stop by and address some of the things going on in Rider Nation. Now, Farhan Lalji has reported that on February 14th, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will sign Trevor Harris to a contract. I didn't get coach to bite on whether that's happening or not, but he did tell us what he likes about Harris.
2: Well, I think think he's a solid veteran quarterback who has been there and done that, knows what takes to be successful uh, is intelligent is tough uh, appears to be a charismatic leader and and physically looks like he's, he's just as good now as he's ever been I think he's really bought into training and trying to get himself right and um, you know looks like looks like he's uh, in great shape and and, uh, and playing some of his best football right now we feel like we need to sign a veteran quarterback but we also feel like the guys we have on our roster are good football players and maybe just need a little more of a chance um, so we feel good about mason we feel good about Dolagala, uh, we've got a couple other guys that we signed uh, levi lewis is on the team and so we feel like we've done you know done some good work in terms of scouting in the states and finding good quarterbacks and then we just want to make sure they get an opportunity in training camp to go out there and, and see what they can do.
1: Would I be right to say you guys spent a lot of money on receivers the last couple of years, and, you know, uh, there are factors that weigh into it, but it didn't really pan out in terms of uh, spending the big dough on receivers. And you've talked about having an identity, and you want to be physical up front. We'll talk about the defensive side in a second. But I'd be fair to say looking at the free agents on the market, they're like 15 to 17. We might be uh, ear- Marking a lot of our cash to upgrade that offensive line because nothing works if you don't have the heartbeat of the football pumping.
2: You would be accurate in saying that. I will confirm that what you just said, Michael, is what we talked about. And uh, no, there's got to be you know there's got to be quality players there to go get, and there's got to be mutual interest. But our, our priority this offseason is to get better up front,
1: no doubt. And. Have you identified, at least, on the list? Because you're a smarter football man than me. I've looked at a few names, and I'm like, okay, that'd be an interesting one. There are some guys out there.
2: Yep, there's some guys out there, and not not a ton, you know, because everybody realizes the importance of being good on the O-line, and most teams have re-signed the guys. So, uh, But there's a few. There's a few out there, and there's there's a couple real... Real uh, attractive names at the top, and and we've reached out to him.
1: And so what about circling back to a guy like Dan Clark, who has been a warrior for this team? I know he's working as a team ambassador. I could see him as a team ambassador slash assistant O line coach eventually, but I don't know if he wants to give up playing. What what are those talks look like?
2: Yeah, we've talked to Dan. And, you know, we we've, we've told him we're going to look around a little bit and and see what's out there. But we're never going to close the door on a guy like Dan. He's he's a you know he's a you know, rough rider for life.
0: It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio six twenty CKRM. Welcome back to the show. We'll get a hold of Rash Spadani
1: a little later on. Top of the clock. Right now, let us just review what's gone on in the CFL today, because there's lots going on. Like, okay, so we've got. <laughs> free agency on February the 14th. But apparently it's kind of like the NFL. Free agency starts on this date, but teams can talk to other teams and I guess agree and we can make the announcement that they've agreed in principle to deals. First off, before we get to that, we will tell you the Rough Riders have filled in their coaching staff. That was something everybody's worried about. We do have a receivers coach now. You heard that yesterday on the Sports Cage Drew Tate is the receivers coach. Okay? So former Rough Rider quarterback, a 10-year CFL quarterback. He was at Northern Iowa, actually, the Northern Iowa Panthers coaching there in FCS. So he is back in Rider Nation. And the Riders have also hired a defensive line coach. Del Couset brings 16 years of collegiate coaching to the Riders. Defensive line has a strong resume of developing defensive linemen and coaching top performance uh, performers and all conference stars, most recently at Air Force Academy. So he will join the Rough Riders. So here we go. Run game coordinator, RB coach Andre Balduc from Montreal. Del Couset, D-line coach. Neiman Roosevelt, the President, offensive assistant. He'll be like a Swiss Army knife. Drew Tate, receivers coach. Anthony Vitelli, offensive line coach. Uh, of course, the um, the head coach, Craig Dickinson. The D coordinator is Jason Shivers. We got Kent Majuri is the special teams coordinator. Dion Melvin, the linebackers coach. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, and our defensive backs coach is Marcus Klund. So... There's your coaching staff for the 2023 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. In terms of what's going on, the Riders apparently, according to sources, have agreed to a two-year contract with receiver Jake Wieneke. When we roll around to free agency, it'll be officially announced. Farhan Lalji yesterday saying that when free agency rolls around, his teammate and friend Trevor Harris will join him in Saskatchewan as a quarterback. I ask you, what do you think of those two moves? Apparently it's a done deal. Do you like Wieneke here? Do you like Trevor Harris here, 936-6262, the number to text. It's just come back online that Kenny Lawler. Going back to Winnipeg, he moved his entire family to Edmonton. Apparently, the Elks were prepared to pay him in excess of three hundred thousand again, but he's going back to Winnipeg. Not sure what he's getting, but Kenny Lawler, who was actually about to be traded back to Winnipeg last year by the Elks before he got injured, so he'll go to Edmonton or to Winnipeg, where he'll be a target for Zach Kalaros. The Western Division champs keep getting richer. Stephen Dunbar Junior.'s agreed in principle to replace Lawler or try to do that, in part, in Edmonton as he leaves Hamilton there. So lots of moving and shaking going on. Apparently, the um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats interested in James Butler, the former rider running back who was with the BC Lions. So basically, Zinger, <laughs> what happens is is we have free agency on the 14th. But really we should be really hunkered down for Weasel Week. Yeah. Well, I the, mean the, going the communication forward, week, right? Going
3: forward, it's uh it's this past Sunday that we have to look forward to. Yeah. And a couple days after that, because uh Christmas is over.
1: <laughs> Christmas is over.
3: Yeah. CFO free agency Christmas is That's over. That's right. You've Sad. opened your
1: gifts, now you've closed them and pretended you didn't see. Yeah, and then we'll have some announcements. Big one is do you think here's one for you. Do you think Geno Lewis comes here? Uh could
3: you imagine that with Wienicke, Lewis, and Trevor Harris? Uh, I think I think it's a possibility. Why, yeah. why wouldn't it be?
1: I want him to load up on linemen, though, because yeah. Trevor Harris is not mobile. Wienicke's a nice receiver. Maybe you can get another uh, inexpensive or relatively inexpensive like 300 if Kenny Lawler makes around 300,000 Gino, Gino's uh, going to be 300 plus.
3: I was going to say I'm really curious what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers paid
1: for Kenny. I because... heard it, I heard Edmonton was looking at 333 a year. Oh man, that's that's what Dave Campbell from Ched reported their color commentator. That's too much. I wouldn't I don't think I would pay that. Now you can give Now Kenny can't get guaranteed money either cuz he's going back to Winnipeg. Like you can't guarantee a guy when he signs from team to team. If he stayed in Edmonton, maybe you could have got a guaranteed deal. And he moved his whole family to Edmonton. Yeah, but he's could, got a better—he's got a better situation. A quarterback with Zach Claro. You could get two pretty good linemen, at least like one
3: really good lineman mm. and a mediocre lineman for mm. the price of that. And yeah. I think that's what the Riders need to do. Sorako is
1: out there still. Couture the Bombers out there. I haven't seen any signings there or agreements there. So interesting. Dave Dickinson admits that Western Division most outstanding defensive player Sean Lemon deserves a raise. See where he lands. I know a couple of people have speculated he'd be a nice fit in Saskatchewan. Or the, oh, other that rush would end be spot one hell of a deal. Away from uh, you know now that uh, AC Leonard's moved back to Edmonton. Yeah, going to be interesting to see. Uh, people, a lot of people are lukewarm to Trevor Harris because of his age, and to be honest, he's been good. I would never call him a superstar, but Zinger, given what we know about the quarterbacking landscape, i I'd, I'd have to think that. He's uh, the best option you got.
3: Well, yeah, it's the best option for a couple, or for people in, within the organization. I need to win football games this year, or else they'll be looking mm-hmm. for work elsewhere. Yeah, they don't. So they, what they, else they do don't care about
1: they, They're yeah, prepared to kick the can down the road because they only have one can to. They're saying
3: that development year has no. you know so well, so 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 not so, surprising. So
1: here's a question. I'll ask it to the fans nine three six sixty two sixty two. I've got my own opinion, but I will ask you at nine three six sixty two sixty two. A West Division crossbar away from making a, a Grey Cup appearance in twenty nineteen. Five forced turnovers in Winnipeg, where you probably outplayed the Bombers, but your offense couldn't punch it in. Some of it Cody's fault, some of it some of the receivers' fault, some uh, defensive letdowns in that game didn't make it to the Grey Cup. Then a debacle of a season last year. In order to retain this leadership, O'Day Dickinson, maybe Reynolds, but O'Day and Dickinson, in your opinion as a fan, what do they have to do this year? Like what is is it great Cup or bust? Is it West Final or bust? Are you happy if they have a competitive year and make it to the playoffs? Maybe win one playoff game? What is it for you, 936-6262? You can call that number, you can call 186 620 toll free or you could text the text line 936 6262 uh we got a phone ring in there you could answer the phone there zinger and just line it up there um we still got Bob Stoffer coming and uh Arash Madani will join us at uh 505 um and Luke Muller joins us in studio do we got we got a call from Jack oh maybe this is the Jack that got mad at me go ahead Jack you're on the show hey,
10: ballsy. hey i want to touch base on the uh, quarterback situation Yep. And I want to take everybody back in time. 1987, 88.
4: Mm-hmm.
10: Remember the quarterback arrangement then? Two unknowns. You know, Tommy Burgess was in Ottawa, but showed up in Saskatchewan on a dispersal. Uh, Austin comes in from a cut from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some pretty stable quarterback. And we know Burgess went over to uh, Winnipeg, won the Great Cup in 90 the point is is that there were two unknowns. And I don't know. You, you talked about it a little while ago. The Riders have never been known to groom quarterbacks. Why is that?
1: Well, let me, st- let me stop you, Jack. Um, who has groomed quarterbacks? Now, just hear me out here. Hear me out here. You got Edmonton had the pipeline with Dunnigan, uh, Allen, and Tracy Ham. Calgary's always been a good uh, developer of quarterbacks. Uh, BC kind of fell into it with Nathan Rourke. Yes, they drafted him. Yes, they put all their uh, chips with him, and they were right because he's a phenom. Other than that, look around the league. Honestly, who's developing quarterbacks? There's nobody developing quarterbacks. Nobody.
10: Uh, okay, that's that's fair enough, but certainly... Most recently, it's Calgary consistently.
1: Yeah, Calgary has, absolutely. They're the only team. Nobody else has been. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. All I'm saying is is nobody's doing that. And you have to admit, Jack, you have to admit, this regime only has one can to kick down the road. They have to win. That's why they're throwing their lots in with 36-year-old Trevor Harris.
10: Okay, real quick. With all due respect, uh, this is just strictly my opinion, and I'm a big enough man to say I was wrong. Best case scenario with Trevor Harris nine and nine.
1: Okay, okay, okay. But that, is that better than six and twelve? Nine and oh. nine, nine, nine and nine. Listen, I want to win and be consistent winner for sure. Yeah. But nine yeah. and nine gets us to the playoffs probably. So yeah. my my yeah. thing for you, Jack. That's a question I have. What is it for you to keep this regime and be happy as it a fan? How far does this team got to get realistically this year? Uh, I want to see
10: a whole revamping of the offensive line, the schemes. The, the, the Basically, I want to see that offensive line punish defensive lines in this week. That's what I want
1: to see. All right, Jack. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it, man. I know. We're going to take a break and be back with Bob Stoffer in a minute on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM.
1: All right, we're joining our next guest, Bob Stauffer, the color commentator in the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network from Detroit, Michigan. The Oilers back from their all-star break. Spirits must be pretty high around there. This team is uh, rolling right now.
11: Oh, it's, uh, Michael, it's going good. Obviously, you know, the Oilers were 7-0-1 before the break, and you had the situation with Matt Berlin going in because Stu Skinner was sick, and that was an interesting storyline, and then Skinner did get the opportunity to join Connor McDavid and Leon Dry in the all-star game, and... The reality of the situation is the Oilers are in a group of five other teams or four other teams, five teams within five points of one another for top spot. And Edmonton right now appears to be playing the best hockey of those teams and has kind of survived a scenario where they had four of their top ten forwards at a lineup in the Vanderkeek, Cotter, Yamamoto, uh, Ryan McLeod, and Warren Folder So uh, spirits are up. I mean, it's interesting. We're here in Detroit. Um there's the obvious Ken Holland connection to Detroit. There's also Jay LaCroft won a cup here as a video coach. And just every time you come into Detroit, it's Tyler Wright was the, the head scout in 2015 to 18. And then that's the missed out some first rounders during that time. And uh, it's, it's always interesting uh, when you come into the city, it's, and maybe it's, you know, I got to tell you, have you ever been here by nope, the way? Nope, been never been to Detroit?
1: never. Nope.
11: Yeah. It's, you know, at one time, I think their population was 1.8 million. In Greater Detroit, they're probably down about seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand dollars. They're trying to rebuild. I really noticed uh, last year when we came in here, just the difference, uh, the impact that the pandemic had, had, and that's in a city with a declining population base. So, you know, they got a brand new building. Uh, the Red Wings under Steve Eiserman, he's an aggressive guy. They got huge caps. to keep beating the good teams and losing the bad teams. And the others are looking to build on a seven-zero 0 one run that they had before we got to the uh, All-Star break.
1: And speaking of the All-Star break... Uh thought it was a neat moment. A lot of people liked it. Kids always win. Ovechkin's kid going down the middle. Ovechkin on one side, Crosby on the other. They score on a flopping Luongo, or the kid does. And Hashuk comes out and said the NHL, it's a heinous act and they should pay. Can we, can we, I said this on my show a couple days ago. Can we just not make everything about politics? can we just uh, enjoy probably one of the best moments, and there were only a few of them, at the All-Star weekend? Like, Hashuk you're a clown. <laughs> oh man it's uh
11: it's it's crazy times out there right like uh it, it, it's kind of like if you don't have the right like we're supposed to be talking about sports and you know it's funny on my twitter account i don't, I don't know if you follow me but yes, i only of course i do tweet about, i only tweet about hockey i only tweet about the others when i tweeted about uh edmonton was pursuing the bubble and they ended up ultimately getting it right to the stanley cup final as you know, in 1920, the only reason why I put the numbers out was to show how low the uh, you know the death rates were, and you know uh, the rates were in the province of Alberta at that time. And of course, we have a profound advantage over several other jurisdictions just based on population density. But uh, it's it's tricky. Uh, I. I
1: well, my what point, my, like, listen, listen, Bob, my point isn't to to uh, condone what Putin's doing in, in the Ukraine and, I, I and the guess. deaths. It's, it's totally like it's, it's a fun yeah. moment with it's not the kid's fault. His dad's friends with Putin. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's it's. Hey, I mean, if
11: there's there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at a lot of different things. The one thing I would say is I'm not sure critical thought is an emphasis on our campuses anymore. Okay. Yep. And when I went to university in the late 80s and early 90s, I will tell you that I found some of the more narrow minded people to be far to the right. And today, and this might upset a percentage of your listeners. I find some of the more narrow-minded people out there further to the left. Mm. And not everything has to be a political debate and discussion.
1: Well, much like your Twitter account, let's get back to hockey. I shudder to think where the Oilers would be without Stuart Skinner. Like, he's got to be in the running for rookie of the year. Maybe a distant third. Berniers is pretty good. Powers pretty good. But I'll tell you what, if Stuart Skinner's not there for Edmonton, they're not in one of those playoff spots.
11: Well, Logan Thompson is also a rookie with Vegas. And it's interesting because Stuart Skinner beat Logan Thompson in the Pacific uh, division, they were the one division that had a playoff in the American Hockey League uh, in 2021. So uh, 100%, it's, it's, uh, I think there's a good chance Jack Campbell's going to start tonight, and we're going to see Skinner going head-to-head against Carter Hart mm-hmm. Thursday when we're in Philadelphia. And as you know, back in 1213 in the lockout year, Carter Hart is from Stewart Park, and Stuart Skinner is from the Southside Athletic Club. That's the same athletic club that I played for. I went and saw those guys play on... Uh, uh, there a couple Sunday nights in the fall, and the Oilers obviously weren't playing because of the lockout. Think of, I don't think we were that surprised with Hart, based on his junior career, that he was going to you know, get to where he's got to. Now, he had two poor years, and now he's had him in a good year. He's back to 9-11 save percentage. But Skinner has been a, a wonderful story and a great story for the Oilers, who haven't really done a terrific job of drafting and developing goaltenders. It looks like they've got an emerging star in between the pipes.
1: So what are they going to do in terms of uh, before the trade deadline here? What are you hearing? What are you, What's your hunch? Well,
11: we're 24 days away. They're going to have to do something here in the next three to four days because Cotter Yamamoto is going to be available uh, to come off of LTIR this weekend in order to get him activated. And he scored 20 goals last year, and he's a favorite of Connor McDavid and Leon Drys titles. The Oilers are going to have to move some cap space out. So you're going to see a move here probably in the next three or four days. Uh, maybe they have to put a player on waivers. Maybe there's a small trade that they can do. Um, I would suggest to you that it's my belief that this is ultimately going to be a buyer's market, and you may see a fair... I, I hate over-promising and under-delivering, but, I, I mean, the owners are going to do something, no matter what. Uh, I'd say, at minimum, they'll add another forward, but uh, there might be a bigger play coming, uh, and we'll, we'll have more information as you get closer to the deadline. But I do think it's gonna be a buyer's and not a seller's market.
1: Interesting. Okay, so I look at this Super Bowl, Bob Stoffer, and I'll get your prediction in a second, but I want to tie it into hockey here. Uh Philadelphia is the best team across the board, except for maybe at the quarter well not maybe, except at the quarterback position. And the coaching position. I, I, I want to pick Philadelphia. In fact, I have laid money on Philadelphia, but I'm not overly confident about it because of the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes factor. When you have the best player and good coaching, it can take you a long way. How, you, you guys have the best player in Connor McDavid, but how much has Jay Woodcroft and his coaching helped here to turn things around?
11: Well, definitely the coach has played a factor, but you know, I, I look at health of players being a factor as well. You know, what's the line at right now?
1: Uh, one and a half Eagles. points for the Eagles. It's basically a pick'em game.
11: It's a yeah. So to me, even though I got great respect for Andy Reid and Casey's always there, Mahomes, if he's a hundred percent healthy, I think might be the best player in the league. I I just think back to when Edmonton played Colorado last year. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl was on one knee, and Darnell Nurse had a torn uh, hip labrum, and that to me was a concern that like the, the Oilers were going to be significantly challenged because Colorado had a deeper and better team and two of Edmonton's top three players that play the most were hurt. and It became too much like, had those guys been healthy, maybe the Oilers lose a series in five or six instead of four. Don't forget, Edmonton lost game four in overtime. Right. And there were some plays in that series that at key times where if there two of their top three guys were going. So I'm looking at, I mean, i I got to tell you, I thought the Chiefs were Beatable in the AFC Championship game.
1: Well, the refs had uh, it. The refs had it in that game. There's no doubt about it.
11: And, and the Bengals didn't get it done. Right. So, so I, I'm I'm here to tell you, I actually don't think it's going to be close. I oh, think the wow. Eagles are going to win. I mean, I'm I'm the guy that sat with you know when we were in Los Angeles, the NCAA Championship game was going on, and uh, Georgia was you know they were going to play TCU. And the Georgia fans were all nervous. I'm like, "What are you nervous for?" The team that the only team that could have beat you was Alabama this year, and they already dropped two games. And you're going to destroy TCU. It would not surprise me if the Eagles win that game by 13 points or more. Yeah. They're way better. Like I know kc has got a good D line, but the Eagles are good on the offensive and defensive line. And the Bengals' offensive line was banged up. Like Philadelphia is strong in the box and in specifically in American football. If you've got the better offensive and defensive lines, you usually win. Like, and, and maybe you can make an argument. You know what I would say 30 years ago in the CFL, it, it wasn't as important as maybe now. Cause I just don't think the same caliber of skill players available in the CFL. As it was 30 years ago, because 30 years ago, guys like Jalen hurts and Patrick Mahomes were having to. by the way, Patrick Mahomes lived in Edmonton. At, you know, when his dad was pitching at Edmonton in AAA baseball, um, you know now, Lamar Jackson would have had to prove himself first in the CFL before going to the NFL. Just like Warren Moon did. CFL doesn't have those quarterbacks anymore because they go right to the NFL. I'm I think the Eagles are going to win by basically two touchdowns. I'm serious. I just I think they're better. I think they're deeper. Uh, and I, and I, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I know he's coming off a bit of a shoulder tweak, but he can. He, he, they can they can manage, the play. they get great starts and How many times have they been walloping teams early in the games? It, again, I think the Eagles win by two touchdowns, by 13-plus points.
1: Good. You made me feel good about my $50 bet. This has been a great segment. We touched on politics and had a snicker. We talked hockey and football. I can't get any better. One-stop shopping with Bob Stoffer. Enjoy the
0: game tonight. I'll to, Thanks for your time, Michael. Take care. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: Show is brought to you by our great friends over there at Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over twelve thousand sport, culture, and recreation groups. You can uh, send us a text message via the Capital uh, Ford Lincoln text line, corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one Ford dealership in the province, nine three six. 62-62, the number to texts We got some text. Let's get to a couple of these right now. I was asking you, we had Jack call in. He wants to see a punishing O-line. That's what he wants to see this year. I ask, what will appease you as a Rider fan and make you happy to the point where you're like, okay, let's carry forward, keep everything in place, meaning no changes at coach or GM or anything like that. Jeff says, solidly in a playoff spot by Labor Day or heads roll. That's what he says. Brent says, coach, GM, and president need a West final appearance or clean house. Nothing against Dickinson, but O'Day and Reynolds have let this go too long. No more chances. From Leonard, at least they have to get us back into the playoffs, this GM and coaching staff. And from Cam at 936-6262. Hi, I love the show. Great listening. Awesome. Glad you're listening. Signing Trevor Harris is a clear indication that J.O. and Dickey are focused only on 2023. Uh, No kidding, Cam. They have to. They have to win to keep their job. Let's be honest. If they planned long-term, they should have uh, pursued Prukop to steal young, mobile talent away from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Harris needs a much better offensive line than we had in 2022. Without that... He's dead meat. Keep the text coming at 936 the number to text. Do you have something you want to add? No, I was just
3: grinning when I heard Pru Cop. I was like, that's... R-. He's I, a
1: third down specialist. I,
3: yeah, come on. It's yeah. Dakota Pro Cop. Yeah, come on.
1: Give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, let's go to this.
0: Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Who is
1: live from the Super Bowl. And we'll get to uh, Arash and your Super Bowl talk in a second. First, Arash, I want to roll this clip. Apparently, it's been reported that when the free agency actually starts, although it feels like it has... Trevor Harris will be the quarterback of the Riders. When we had him on last week, it kind of sounded like he he wanted to be here.
0: The environment is always set really well, especially when the Riders are winning. And when the Riders are winning it, it, that place gets rocking.
12: And, you know, when you have a night game and they play to bring them out uh, as an opposing team, like, that gets me hyped, man. Like, uh, you can kind of feel the stadium rumble.
1: Yeah, so he'll probably have it rumbling for number seven, Trevor Harris, not number seven, Cody Fajardo. We welcome in Arash Madani from Sportsnet. Apparently, Jake Weineke is signing too. Uh, free agency isn't really free agency; it's the cheaters' week, and that's when all the deals are done. Your thoughts on on um, Harris and Weineke, if it does indeed happen coming to Saskatchewan?
12: Well, Balzi, didn't you and I talk about this the day Bo Levi went? Let's get, you know, if you're the Riders, get Trevor Harris and Gino Lewis as your one-two punch and bring them to Regina. Well, they got the one, they got the hair, they got Harris, and now Weineke is not Gino, but you know, let's see what happens when a free agency rolls around.
1: Well, Arash, they got to throw their money at offensive linemen because, as the caller or texter Cam did point out, Trevor Harris is a great guy, TB12. He's got all the mobility of a phone booth. Like, he makes, he makes Phillip Rivers look like Usain Bolt. So let's be honest here. He needs an offensive you're on line. You're fire
12: today, he, You're, you're
1: fired up today. He, he needs an offensive line. Yeah, yeah. He needs an offensive line. But check this out, Arash, okay? Former Winnipeg Blue Bomber uh, employee. So, uh, Rasheed Bailey's a pending free agent apparently Dalton's shown as an until, until February 14th to sign an NFL contract but check out this receiving core, man, uh, if Bailey comes back, they've got Demski in the fold uh, they've got uh, Grant, Janarian Grant, Shone Waller Tarski and Lawler and Ellingson still out there, like they have a plethora of weapons for Kalaros.
12: Yeah they do they do, and so look, it's The West is an arms race, Falsey, and it has been for quite some time. So you better join them. You know, you, you can't, you can't hide from it. They've been the class of the West division for the last three seasons. And so you got to go get better. You got to go upgrade. And look, they, the bombers got very fortunate that Sean showed up and did what he did out of the gate. Let's be real. Yep. So you got to find guys, but you also have to pay guys and. The Bombers went out and paid Dembski. And so now, and and look, even with that receiving core, it wasn't good enough in the Grey Cup let's remember that
1: too. No, right. It's got to be more than a receiving corn for the Riders. You got to get to Moe Lyman because Trevor Harris can't complete. What's compl- about Brett Jones? Yeah, well he, that's where the Riders could lose. If he goes to, uh, like he wants to get in on the old uh, medical school at the U of S. He wants yeah. to stay close here. So if he goes that route, we both know that's probably the better route. But if not, who knows, maybe the Riders are in the mix. But you are at the Super Bowl in Arizona. I think it's the third time that this stadium has hosted this game uh, in Glen Dale should be a good one, although I don't, I don't really find it to be a sexy Super Bowl to me. Why? I just, well, I'm a Chargers fan, so I don't like the Chiefs. Uh, okay. The two two of the most un, two of the most unlikable players are Patrick Mahomes and uh, and especially Travis Kelsey to me. <laughs> oh, honestly, oh, honestly unlikable, and that's an understatement. I'd call him something else, but I got bills to pay. And then the other thing is, Philadelphia fans are losers. Let's be honest. Eagle fans are losers. So I, I mean, can't imagine the fawning. If Patrick
12: Mahomes had a lightning bolt on his helmet.
1: No, 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 no. I like Herbie. Herbie's my guy. Herbie. Hey, Mahomes is a great... Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not... Hey, Kelsey and Mahomes are the best of their position. I just don't like them. But here, Arash, what... I guess first off, you sent me a couple of eye-popping things. The money the NFL is making is unbelievable. B with a billion. Well... Thursday Night Football, Amazon paid
12: $600 million more than Fox had paid just for that one time slot a week. Uh, NBC Sunday Night Football deal is up another half billion dollars, $1 billion for one game a week. ESPN is investing three quarters of a billion dollars more for one game a week on Monday night. Like this. Ballsy, if there's anything that COVID really taught us about sports is that, look, first of all, we know that owners aren't, they're not philanthropists. They're not out here for anything other than, you know, their own pocketbooks. But these owners were willing to play in front of nobody. You know, you have 80,000 seat stadiums before you sold a ticket or a parking spot or a suite or a Pepsi or a popcorn or a beer or a T-shirt. These owners are making three hundred million dollars off the broadcast agreement. And the salary cap is two hundred and thirty three million dollars.
1: Yeah, that is Pretty, good, that, that's pretty good
12: business if you can get into it.
1: That's unbelievable. Uh, Arash, the other thing you sent me today, under the category stats are deceiving or stats lie, okay? Um, okay. The most playoff wins in the first six seasons, okay? Now, the stats don't lie here. They're the stats. Patrick Mahomes has 10 playoff wins to tie Tom Brady. And then... And then right there, with most playoff wins in first six seasons, Joe Flacco. <laughs> now I gotta correct you here, my man.
12: That's not a stat. Like to me, yards are stats. Yeah, it's to a me, fact. It's a fact. Yeah. Percentage of the, like you know what Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game. Hello, you. I mean, it's about playoff wins.
1: Yeah, but come and on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Joe Flacco, you, the only way he'd be in the same role as Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady is if he accidentally parked his car next to theirs in a stadium parking lot. Well,
12: I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Joe Flacco has as many Super Bowl appearances as precious little Aaron Rodgers. He's got as many rings as the ayahuasca enthusiast himself. Does he have four Joe MVPs? Flacco hey, Ziggler's in here. Joe Flacco is it, like he's the butt of the running joke, but he's got himself a Super Bowl. He, you know, the first six years, one fewer playoff win than Brady and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Got himself paid like yeah. in a. In a Prove it year, show me year, contract walk year. He got it. And the career longevity, like he started a few games in the NFL this year more than 10 years after winning a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I'm not disagreeing with you. You're making a a nice point there. But I'll tell you this right now. You give me Joe Montana in a Super Bowl against anybody else ever. Like, I don't care, Brady, Mahomes, Flacco, anybody. Joe Montana is the greatest Super Bowl quarterback of all time, and I stand by it.
12: Yeah, I'm not. Um to me Tom Brady is. And I'm no fan of Brady's, but in his first not in his first year as a starting quarterback against the greatest show on turf when everybody in the stadium is saying take a knee, including John Madden, Tom Brady's just whizzing down the field, you know, hitting bullets all over the place and the Patriots walk it off with a Vinatieri field goal. Mm. Tom's got seven rings.
1: You know, um. hey, here's a storyline I'm looking forward to, and we'll get into more of it on Thursday because you'll you'll dive deeper. You have to be sad for Greg Olson. This guy has become the smartest, funniest, most intelligent football analyst, better than Tony Romo, way better than Tony Romo, better than Troy Aikman, and he's out after this Super Bowl because Brady's in. Not my goodness.
12: Now, now Tom told Colin Coward he's not going to get into the booth until 2024. So it sounds like Olson gets one more year working with Kevin Burkhardt. But here's the measure of a great analyst. He informs you. He entertains you. And he, most of all, and this is what I tell a lot of former athletes, is he turns football into English. Like, you can tell me all about the double gap blitz and the stunt and, you know, mm-hmm. show off all your vocabulary and you're not going to impress me because I have no idea what you're talking about. And what Greg Olson's able to do is he'll say, look at what they do here on the seal. And what that does is this or yeah. that. And he's, he's an exceptional illustrator of what we're watching on our screen and he explains the how and the why as well as anybody else does.
1: Arash, this has been fun. We're going to dive a little deeper on Thursday. Thanks for your time. Uh, Continue to success and enjoy Arizona.
12: I will give your very best to Patrick Mahomes tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Do that, please. Thanks, man. Okay. I appreciate it. That is awesome. Uh, Rash Badaddy joining us for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Back with some LIT talk in a moment on the Sports Cage on 620-CKRM.
0: Talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. And here
2: comes Lufrenier. gets back. Lufrenier, the pass. save, Markstrom. Lufrenier still.
3: Alexi LaFeniere pots home, the game winner for the New York Rangers last night against the Calgary Flames. Final score, 5-4, a big come from behind victory for the Rangers. I'm sorry, Flames fans, just had to do it. Alexi Lafreniere, today's sports cage clutch performer for Nick service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, rogator, gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077.
1: All right, the show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. You can weigh in on all the sports topics or any other topic you want to weigh in on at 936-6262, and all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's head out and talk some High School Basketball. We just had the RIT in town. That was the Junior Basketball Tournament up in Northwest Regina. Uh, the Rosedale Invitational Tournament. And now we got the granddaddy of them all, as Keith Jackson used to say. He said it better than me, but that's what he said. It's the LIT and longtime teacher Troy Casper there. He's been the director for over 10 years. Welcome to the show, Troy. Good morning, Baldy. How are you? Good, man. So, uh, a big tournament. It's kind of... It's interesting because what this, t- what you tell the people, how long has this tournament been around for? There's kind, of, kind of a okay. couple of different things going on here.
13: Well, it's been, you know, it's, it's been 71 years since we hosted. 53 was the first year. But because, the you know, the last two years, we really, 2021, there was nothing. 2022, we had a commodified like 14 tournament. It wasn't really LIT. It didn't have st- as much student involvement. There's no special guests, no There's no t- teams from out of the city. It was just, it just was a, a tournament for it's just some some local you know local mm-hmm. schools, but this so this is a 69th version of the actual tournament that we have ran, and it's uh it's a very exciting event. We can't wait for it.
1: Now I haven't been to an LIT since it was the old gym. What am I missing with the new yeah. gym, man? What am I missing? You know what? Hey,
13: you can still check out the old gym. We we actually have games because it's uh, 18 girls, 18 guys. Uh, we use we use both gyms all all weekend long, which is great. So. It's it's still around. It's still going. But you just gain space. That's all. You, that's all. You, that's all you do. You you actually gain space. Mm-hmm. Um, big beautiful gym. Uh, old great gym. Like. Yeah, I tell you, it's best of both worlds when you get to get in there because that old gym is super loud and super tight, right? So,
1: what other festivities we got going? I believe it starts on Thursday, but what kind of uh, pomp and pageantry yeah. is around the big tourney? Well,
13: you know, we have we have a kind of a media conference with our student body and some of the coaches and things like that here on Wednesday at uh, at ten fifteen, and then we have our, our pep rally goes at ten a.m. on on Thursday with uh, all the teams will be here, all the coaches, all our student body. It's a fun time. And then we have, you know, what games start literally on at like Thursday afternoon twelve twelve thirty. They are sorry, twelve o'clock they go, and we are uh, we're rolling. All tickets, you know, all the tickets can be uh, bought at the door now. Uh, we had our public sale last weekend, but there's still some still some tickets left. But they will go by Thursday night. They're probably gonna go, so you probably wouldn't want to get get the tickets early if you can. Yeah, and Troy Casper, what's that hot ticket price worth? You know, the weekend passes. There's day passes for ten bucks, and then there's weekend passes for twenty five for the whole weekend. And then there's actually, there's, there's, you know, prices for under 13 years old and, and things like that. So I think that $15, I think is what they are for the weekend for under, under 13 or 12 and under. Now
1: uh, tell us the Regina team's involved, obviously Luther, but who else? Yeah.
13: Yeah. We've got our own school and then we have, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of year. It's, there's a lot of parody in Regina now. So we have the Riffle girls and guys coming, which is great. Nice. Uh, we, we have the Miller boys and we have the Winston Knoll girls from Regina. So it's uh, some new teams, some great teams. It, there's a lot of parity in this province actually, we have great teams coming. Walter Murray, Holy Cross, think like, they're all coming.
1: And what about out okay. of province teams?
13: Yeah, so that's we have with Alberta, Harry Anley from Edmonton. Then we have two, we have great teams from southern Alberta, which is the uh, Raymond Comets and and McGrath Candace and Zenith, and then we have the sister the sister boys who won it. Uh, well, let me think here. That was in <laughs> 2017, I think. <laughs> And uh we also have the Dakota Lancer, number one number one in, the, in Manitoba girls coming. Troy,
1: you're a teacher for like twenty five years. Like I said yeah. at the start of this interview, you've been doing this for over a decade. Was
13: basketball your first love? You know what? <laughs> Believe it or not, I was a I was a football guy Yeah, I don't even remember you you and I coached football at O'Neill right. yes. twenty six years ago together, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So that I love I've been coaching football for thirty years already. Uh, I love you know what I love high school sports and this is just this is just part of it. I I coached basketball for many years and I've coached baseball and hockey and you name it. I've coached it all. So it's just you know, high school sport and youth sport, amateur sport is uh is a big deal to me and I like I love watching our multi sport athletes and these kids that are just here to go and and Mm -hmm. give everything they have so it's fun to watch we're
1: around the same age i might be a little bit older but does this you know i watch my son play football now it keeps me young right watch the riders play they're young kids already and it keeps me young does this keep you young Troy?
13: yeah you know what it's i mean i played in it i've been around it as a student i played in it then here through university and uh i'm a traditionalist at heart though right so the traditions of this school and and the things in our community are really important to Awesome, so I think that keeping those things alive and going, that's, that's part of what I am. And I, I, I love being around the kids. I love that. That's why I'm a teacher. And I,
4: mm-hmm.
13: you know, what? sometimes I think I, I became a teacher to coach and became a teacher to, you know, help, help do the things outside the actual classroom. Sometimes that's as, much, as important to me as anything. So, yeah.
1: Well, man, it's been great uh, knowing you all these years. Back when we coached together, and it's good That's to see. A yeah, and it's a good good to see that you're continuing to make a positive impact in the community. At least one of us
13: is. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't do it without the, without the media. Like, no one knows it really happens without all you guys, without social media, without this stuff. And, and the media, in Rajan, you guys have always been here for us uh, year in year out and helping us so it's uh and helping all the schools like rit last weekend and mm-hmm. it makes a big difference it makes a big difference knowing that we have people involved and that's that's huge for our kids too. well you, you it, always, it, it actually gives them a the platform ballsy
1: yeah well that's that's always been my mandate whether i'm doing my podcast growing the game with ballsy yep. or right here on the sports cage now on a bigger platform you've always got a spot here troy take care my friend
13: all right bye thanks so much see ya
3: It's 531 with the sports ticker, and it's for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. And check this out. A study conducted by Sports Tourism Canada has indicated that the 57th Vanier Cup generated a $2.4 million economic impact for its host city of London, Ontario. The Laval Roussier defeated the Saskatchewan. Huskies 30-24 to 24 at Western Alumni Stadium. LeBron James, hey, he's 36 points away from the NBA all-time scoring record. The Lakers take on the OKC Thunder tonight at 9 p.m. LeBron James on the verge of passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: And Bad Chat today is brought to you by Canadian Brew House in Regina and Moose Jaw. Go check out all the sporting action with a great menu at the CBH. we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. The NHL's back from its All-Star break. And hey, spring training's right around the corner. So soon you'll be able to go down and watch all the baseball action down there as well. Not to mention the NBA. Tonight, the Pats have their second team signing session for fans. The doors are open on the west side of the Brand Center starting at 5. That's the Lou Van entrance. You can only get in there. You can only bring one personal item to be signed. Now they are going to hand out a team photo for each fan there and you can get that signed as well. They want to keep the traffic flow going. That's the Pats second signing session tonight. Doors opening at 5. And a reminder the have a heart night in conjunction with Western Pizza goes down next Monday, the day before Valentine's Day as Pats players will be at various Western Pizza locations helping with the delivery and taking orders for pizza that night. All delivery fees and tips go towards the Saskatchewan Chapter of the Heart and Stroke Foundation. The 25th year they've been doing this.
0: Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now, back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan
1: Lotteries. We're in studio with our buddy Luke Muller, color commentator on the Rough Rider Radio Network. This segment, very popular last time he was in here because his son Luther was here. But Luther is too busy now signing autographs yeah, yeah. and going on a casino tour. Yeah, he's big after time that, now, eh? yeah,
14: now. He's straight to TV now. He doesn't want to use le- I bet he just...
1: you he talked all the way home when he was oh, here. Oh, he
14: did, man. It was so awesome. He was talking about it all the way home, and then when we got home, he was talking. And then the next day, he was talking about it. And he's like, "He's like, when you go on radio, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, you know what I mean. So he'll yeah. be
1: on a broadcast with us. Well, oh. judging by the fans, that he, w- he they'll want Did him to replace better. us, yeah, yeah, you yeah, do better. Okay, so I'm gonna bring this up. Here's a question. First of all, speaking of greatness, the doors are open now. The west side doors at the Brand Center for the the Pat signing. Okay, everybody is lined up to get autographs. And let's be honest, from Connor Bedard, you gotta. You gotta tip your cap. You know, you, we were talking off air. LeBron James has been in the spotlight since he's been 16. Yeah, yeah. This guy is generational. Yeah. The next one, and the way he's carried himself, a kudos to Connor Bedard, and uh, by extension,
14: his parents. Uh, I'm really glad you said that because because the, the young man has clearly been raised right. I think mm. his parents have done a great job. They seem like uh, you know, from every story I've heard about his parents, yeah, they seem that like they've been they've been keeping him humble. But it's not like the forced keeping him humble. It's just they're a good mm-hmm. close knit family with good morals good values good uh, good character about him so yeah i think that you know he, he's a guy that's that's probably set up for a little bit of success i mean i think that being down here although there's a huge spotlight of him on, on on the dub here right mm. like i think it the attention would probably be a little bit worse if he was out east in one of those quebec leagues right they'd yeah. be all over him there yeah. i think this is a good sort of ascension into the next into the next level where he's going. so
1: speaking of greatness lebron james is about the past kareem abdul jabbar you and yeah. i are both kobe guys i'm not yeah. A big LeBron yeah. guy because he's jumped around from team to team. Yeah. Cody stayed, uh, Kobe stayed in one spot. Uh, but listen, I think I said this last week. I want your opinion. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's just retired. He's the goat in terms mm-hmm. of quarterback. Yeah. I think the greatest player to play football, in my opinion, was Jerry Rice. What he did at the wide receiver spot, mm-hmm. given how little receivers touch the ball. Yeah. But in terms of Brady and James, who do you think is the best goat of all time?
14: Serena Williams. No, between those two, not oh, Serena Williams. Oh, between oh, Serena. Um, <laughs> Serena, but, um, <laughs> but between the both of them, yeah. See, I say it's LeBron. Prob- I say LeBron because
1: he's more—he's up and down, physical, up and down, running, jumping. Yeah, I
14: mean he's like, dude, he's what? How old is he? Like 98 right now, and he's still averaging yeah, well, he's, like 30. He'd be you know, both 30 he's about 30, 30 years old. He, yeah, that's man. He's out there moving like Tom Brady's protected by a good offensive line. Yeah. He's already like, man. LeBron has been doing, and that's the thing you can appreciate about LeBron is he's been he's been doing it since he hit the league. Yeah. Right. Like even though I I compare him to Beyonce. You know, how everybody was talking yeah. about the Grammys and Beyonce. Beyonce uh, uh, passing, you know, now has the most Grammy awards ever for anybody in the history mm-hmm. of the Grammy awards. You know what award she's never won? What album of the year? Wow, never won it. And that's like the that's the that's the, the, that's that's, the thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's the trophy. Yeah, I, th- I he's he's Beyonce to me because no matter what he does, as great as he is, he's always going to be prepared be compared to Mike. Yeah, right, and 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 a slew of other guys, and you know, and so. I think that he is like I. I the the one of the other things I think is that we're really gonna miss him when he's gone. Oh, I don't like him, but we should appreciate him. I'm not a LeBron guy. I was a I was a I was a Dennis Rodman guy. I was a Kobe guy. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, I I I will go to the grave for Kobe Bryant. Yeah, right. Um but when when LeBron's gone, mm-hmm. there's nobody, yeah, there's so, no there's nobody left.
1: I made this statement here uh, with uh, Rash Madani on the phone a few minutes ago. I think the best Super Bowl quarterback of all time is Joe Montana. He doesn't have the most, but he never lost, and yeah. he played in an era when you could literally tackle
14: receivers. Well, you know, I mean, there is a guy named Troy Aikman that. Oh. Uh,
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe Montana's I, I better than
14: Tom Brady
1: in, in I, Super
14: Bowls. I think that Tom Brady's probably going to go down as the guy. Well, he's the right? GOAT
1: in general, but
14: Tom, yeah. Joe Montana. like You know who they both? You know, they both had a really, they they both benefited from really good coaches. Like yes, really they did. Really innovative, mm. really smart, right? Really game-changing coaches that always put both those guys in the I You know, and I think that for me, I didn't grow up, I hated the 49ers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't, so I don't like Joe Montana. Yeah. You know who I don't like I don't like Joe Montana, I don't like Dan Marino. And I don't know why I don't like Dan I don't Marino. Like Dan I just don't Marino. like Dan Marino. What a stud. Yeah, you th- yeah, I I've, I've never liked Dan Marino. And I think that uh, I think that uh I think that for me it's yeah, it's Well, it's Troy uh,
1: Aikman, I get. Yeah. It.
14: Yeah. I th- no, but that's what blocks my love for I, I think it. I should have a greater appreciation yeah. for Joe Montana, but I never will because he was a 49er.
1: We'll get to John in a second. Just hang on, John. He wants to talk to both of us as a Cowboy lover. Yeah. I'm, I'm not whoa, whoa. No, you don't no, no, no. I mean it like that guys no. Dallas Cowboys lover as a, yeah.
14: as a Dallas Cowboy lover
1: now listen I we are in the broadcast industry yeah. so it is a lot harder than it looks it it really is yeah. okay and you've I have to give you respect you've really come into your own here now into your fifth year thought you, this was your best year ever thank you appreciate that but Tony Romo has dropped big time. Has he
14: really? You Awful. Know what? I, see, that's the thing. I I haven't noticed. You know why? Because I always I, I'm always I'm always over there listening to Aikman. You know why else else I think is really good? Greg Olson. Yes, he I is. think Greg Olson's awesome. Yeah, we were just saying that. He's really, going to get really? punted to the sidelines Because here comes the goat. <laughs> <laughs> He's he, Brady can do whatever he wants. If right? it's involved with the NFL, he can literally do it. If he, if Brady walked in to yeah. Fox Studios and said, "I'm now the lead guy," they'd be like, "Sure, you are." And then he'd be like, "Oh, by the way." I'm leaving here after and I'm going to ESPN. I'm going to be the like. Cutter. I like
1: Romo. I like Romo before because Romo, not only because he called plays, but he told me, he told me. He's what, been
14: getting them wrong though now. To-
1: yeah, I know. And he told me what was going to happen. What you did well this year is you didn't predict plays, but you you pick out things that I don't say because you've played. That's what I want for my color guy. Be funny at the right time. Yeah. Don't walk over me. We don't want too many inside stuff. And you got to tell me something that I don't know. And so to- and many times from Tony this year, I'm hearing, I don't know what happened, Jim. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should yeah. know what happened. <laughs>
14: yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, yeah, did,
1: yeah. Luke
3: did predict Mario Alford. The call of the year. The call. Of, remember that? You remember yeah, that? The
14: one time. It's been five years. I've been <laughs> watching. Right, one time. Hey, John's <laughs> been waiting patiently. He listens
1: to our show and, and the games. Go ahead, John. You're on the uh, show. Hey, Luke. Hey, Balzi,
12: How you doing? Good, man. Hey, I have to agree with uh, you, Balji, on Joe Montana. Sorry, Luke, but uh, Aikman couldn't tie Montana shoes on his best day.
14: <laughs> this is ridiculous take John off the air I'm <laughs> tired of this what, blasphemy what, what, what you I got I told
1: you the other day Luke you want to cut me off <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else you got John
2: yeah just uh, I heard that the uh, writers are
12: supposedly going to try uh signed Trevor
1: Harris yeah you know what John Uh, Luke's uh, Luke's headset's cutting out so we're just going to uh, carry on we'll address that here so Luke uh, John asked about Trevor Harris Trevor Harris now this is the thing we got to talk about first John and it's a good point thanks for bringing that up (laughs) free agency is supposed to start February 14th Zangers appropriately call this Weasel Week where you can cheat with yeah, other players. Yeah, and everybody's. Now it's like, he signed, he signed, he signed. Well, then why are we having a free agency uh, day I, on the 14th? Like
14: it's the most Canadian thing ever. They're giving us a, a free agency appetizer and it's the worst. It's over. It's, not, it's, like, it's like broccoli. Like it's nobody like likes it. It's, yeah, it's like it's so Luther stupid. came down, Everything. unwrapped his presents, and yeah. wrapped them back up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now he doesn't want to come. Now he's occupied when, when it's Christmas Day. Like now he's got stuff to do, right? Like it's, it's the worst. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Just. If you if you wanted to get some, just move free agency up. Yeah. Like if you were that hard up for it, you don't have to you, see. That's the thing we're over. We overthink the Canadian Football League overthinks everything. They overthink everything, right? We are, we're overthinking free agency. Just if, if you really want to cross, some, like, get, get your guys, TSN, who, who most mm. of them are down in the Super Bowl. Get mm. them engaged in CFL free agency, mm. right? Because I haven't heard them talk about it at all, yeah. right? Except Naylor and Farhan, but yeah. I don't think they're down there, right? No, yeah. So so get those guys involved, but move free agency out. Don't create this magical period that because it's not doing what they thought it would create, like, some hype. All it's doing is scooping everything. There's going to be nothing. When free agency hits, it's going to be like, well, all the major signings have been done, and then you're just going to get them, and now the teams are... It's going to make the teams look even worse, because now the teams are going to officially announce it on their social feeds, and everybody's like, dude, I've known this for three weeks. You you know what I mean?
1: So let's go with uh, what we apparently know. Trevor Harris, the quarterback of the Riders on the 14th. Uh, That's a good signing. I I mean, people are... People on our text line at nine three six sixty two sixty two. We had a caller, too. Skeptical about signing a 36- year-old quarterback. Why can't we develop our own, but Luke, as I pointed out, only Calgary develops quarterbacks. Nobody else in the league is developing quarterbacks. There's nobody else that develops cool.
14: quarterbacks. And, and if you think about it, this regime with Jo and Craig Dickinson, they're not into the development no. right now. They're in, they're into getting their contracts extended and getting getting some job security. So this is going to be. I, I don't. Again, we talked about this the last time I was in here. I don't mind Trevor Harris here, but you just have to know who he is as a person. You're not going to get the guys running through a wall for Trevor Harris. So you got to surround him with. Lead Leaders and leadership, so that they can take the brunt of the things that everybody else needs as a unit to, to build that cohesiveness as a team because because he's not Darian Durant he's not going to galvanize a team he's not going to have guys that really want to just die for him Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and 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 every good quarterback that you have liked and you and and that our listeners have liked at some point those guys AC I remember in 2012 when I was with the Alouettes when AC went down the entire stadium you could hear a pin drop and that's turf by the way right yeah because because everybody was bought into him. they're not going to be bought into Trevor Harris the way that that um, that people have bought into quarterbacks in the past here. So you just have to understand that and embrace it, and surround Trevor Harris with the guys who are going to fill the leadership void that he doesn't come with.
1: Well, you got to uh, fill in that uh, void, aka with offensive linemen, because yeah. Trevor Harris lost a forty yard dash. To this desk, like he has no more. Well, we he's got, got no one more guy, we,
14: yeah. I mean, we had one guy that left the pocket and ran around too much, and now we're gonna have one guy that can't leave the pocket yeah. at all. And, and you're exactly right, that's what we've been saying, right? And I, I've, seen the, I've seen the hey, this guy's signing and this guy's signing, and every single time I've say, seen it, I've been like, does he play O line? No, oh, you know. And I'm not saying <laughs> that this team needs to rebuild their whole, whole offensive line through free agency, I'm a realist, you can't yeah. do that, you're not gonna build, but. But they've got to make a, a big push for a guy like Sorako. For there's a couple guys yeah, out there Couture still, maybe right. I, I mean, even Couture, I think, is an upgrade over a couple of the guys yep. right now, or at least he's he adds some depth that you know you can jump in and he's going to play right away. I just, yeah, I, again, I don't care. I don't care. You could you could put Tom Brady in a hyperbaric chamber and a time machine, rewind him back to when he was 29, right, and stick him out here, and he's not going to make any throws on the field right now because he's going to be moved off his launch point when he doesn't want to be with this O line. No disrespect, but that's what. That's a good point. Um, and you like the Weineke signing, Jake Weineke? I do. I, you and I talked about I mean, a little the, bit. Right? Parent signing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Now the reporters are like um, free. Like everybody, everybody prefaces it now, right? They break the news and they say, "Oh, by the way, with free agency not officially starting, this is a done deal, but it's not a done deal." Yeah, that's they can everybody. Change. People can change their minds. So it's like, yeah, it's like the it's it's like NCAA recruiting right now. You can mm-hmm. decommit, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that. Weinicki, I think he's an upgrade over Shaq. Who's a well, get-slap well, well, type, well, isn't he? I think so. I think he's he's a he's a solid receiver. Yes, right? he is. Um, you're gonna need a, a guy that can block. I think right. And uh, again, I mean, you know that Shaq's probably not back. I'm not sure if Duke is back. Again, I I I seen that they signed Lawler over there in Winnipeg, and I seen what Lawler wanted was wanting. their teams are nuts. If they're if teams are over here. Throwing big money at wide receivers, they haven't been paying attention to the last season. Well,
1: here let's get let's pause that because I want to follow that up on the other side of the break. If you want to weigh in 936-6262, the number to text it's the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries at six twenty CKRM.
0: You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM
1: into the back half of the show here, last break with Luke Mulliner, show brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. Thanks to Sean Kleisinger for co-hosting and being the great producer that he is. 936 our text line, and all our guests have come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Tomorrow, we got the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holthus joining us, as is Wayne, oh. La- Wayne Larravee, voice of the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk to him about Aaron Rodgers and Drew Tate, supposed to join us, too. Let's start there. Before we get to the receivers, Sharon, <laughs> Uh, Drew Tate coming back to Ryder Nation, a 10-year yeah. quarterback. I don't know that his career really was what maybe some people thought it would be. He was in Northern Iowa in the FCS division. Hmm. He's
14: back here coaching now with the Rough Riders. Yeah, I I, I was surprised by the news. Uh, obviously, a guy that a lot of people are going to name, uh, that everybody's going to recognize, right? Uh, um you alluded to it during the break. The riders aren't going to get the the the, quali- the pick of the litter when Not it comes right to now. right. So so I think that um, they needed to fill some spots. Uh, and you know who knows? Maybe Drew um, Drew saw an opportunity here to develop as a coach, right? I mm. mean, um, it seems like a lateral move to me. Um, for, for for me, if I'm if I'm getting a coaching opportunity, at NCAA, I'm staying there, <laughs> um, right? Uh, you, uh, so who knows? Uh, I I again uh, now that he's here and he's wearing the green and white, I want him to succeed. It depends what what he's
1: getting paid because I know, like, at one school here in the FCS, their running backs coach was getting uh, 40 grand American and he just got hired by NDSU, which is the top team or one of the top teams for 80 grand American. So he probably would not, he might get a little bit of a Mm raise here and then just
14: pro football versus a college. And that's the thing. You're not going to, yeah, you're not going to. And you're not going to get rich as a coach in the Canadian Football League. Shoot, you're not going to get rich as a player unless Uh-oh. you're a good quarterback, right? So, yeah.
1: Well, you might get rich if you're Kenny Lawler. He made 305000 in Edmonton last year. He moved his family there. He goes back to Winnipeg. They were actually going to trade him back to Winnipeg before he got hurt last year, before the trade deadline. So maybe they overpaid, and I'll tie it into the Riders in a second. But it, right now as it stands, they've got Tarski. They've got Nick Dembski, who's a Swiss Army Knife. We know how good he is. Uh, Dil- uh, D- uh, Dalton Schoen, if he doesn't sign an NFL deal by the 14th, he will be back in um, yeah. in Winnipeg colors. Uh, uh, Ellingson is still out there. But they got the- Remember this big kid they had? Carlton Agudossi. Yeah, he was a 6-6, the- six, uh, six, six, tw- 220 pounds, And then uh, Brendan O'Leary-Orange. <laughs> yeah,
14: they... Listen, they got a great receiver and Lawler, and that's why I always go back to Kyle Walters. Like mm. n- uh, nobody talks about him enough. He's done such a great job getting talent in there. Like, look at the—they've put a DB in in the NFL now. Like the last three years, mm. they, they're doing an incredible job scouting and, and identifying talent. And I think that, I think that, yeah, you you've got to be real. I'm like, look. So who are the top paid receivers last year? Duke. Yeah. Right, Lucky yeah. Whitehead,
1: yep. and, Lawler, and, and Lawler. Right. So Lucky's up there again this year. Yeah. So, lucky,
14: so, so yeah, let me tell you something. Yeah. You know, you know who's lucky? Lucky but Whitehead's yeah. lucky. Lucky Whitehead's lucky that Nathan Rourke ain't there yeah, anymore because he was bingo. taking Lucky Whitehead's money. But those three <laughs> guys right there, okay. bingo. Right? Like those three guys right there. They didn't. They didn't pay the dividends of of a. That's why you mm-hmm. you can't overprice yourself in the receiver market this but year.
1: It's an arms race, Luke.
14: You've said that before. So it's an arms race. So to the riders. i my arms. Are, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm spending money on the tanks and the heavy artillery okay, on the line of scrimmage. Because my question to you is this: Weineke
1: joins Harris because he's buddies with Harris. Eugene Lewis has worked up a nice chemistry with Trevor Harris. Would Because Eugene's going to get three. If Lawler's getting paid, Eugene's getting paid. Mm-hmm.
14: Would you spend money on Gino? No, no. Frankly, no. I, I think that what I would do is I would. Well, hold on. If I can't get a, a, uh, if I have to build my offensive line or retool my offensive line through, free, um, through the, the the scouting system and in camp, like I can't get a, mm. one of the guys that's out there right now, then I'd probably play UG. But right now, I'm gonna. Right now, if I'm the Riders, I'm I'm predicting that I get beat to the punch on Eugene Lewis. And the reason why is because that's not my number one priority going into free Where would he go if right he doesn't now.
1: go to uh, Saskatchewan? I'm thinking about that.
14: Hamilton, I well, know well, Bo loves him. Well, but Hamilton or Edmonton. And they Edmonton, lost Stephen Edmund, Dunbar Jr. Edmonton right now. now needs a number one guy. But, they got you know, Dunbar you know, Jr. now. Oh, well. But is he number yeah, one? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They got yeah. Dunbar Jr. So Edmonton. And trust what, me, Chris Jones didn't pay for Dunbar Jr. Edmonton correct? or Hamilton? Ottawa. <sighs> Hamilton. Calgary. Ottawa. Calgary's got a slew of guys. You know, here's the thing about Calgary. They, they probably got two guys that we've never even heard of. That's that are, what I mean, but you are going to be the best You're, you're, the you're competent. Year. The, you're last, competent year, yeah. last year, mm-hmm. the best wide receiver, the best offensive wide receiver in the Canadian Football League was a rookie in Toronto, Curly Gittins Jr. And that's exactly why you don't overpay for receivers right
1: now. And then now. the next one, it's funny how the rich keep getting richer. The guy they replaced Kenny Lawler with, Schoen,
14: was the next guy Dalton shown was that he was the leading receiver in the league, not leading rookie, There's, leading receiver in the league. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what Kyle Walters is doing down there, man. But he's doing something right. So here's a question for you: How in the bloody hell
1: doesn't he have an extended contract?
14: That's because Winnipeg's not like that. They weren't. They didn't do that with. They didn't do that with Richie Hall. They didn't do that with um, with Mike O'Shea. They just. I, I I think I think they're I think. If, if there was a, took, G- if if there was a GM, up, if
1: there was a GM with job uncertainty, I'd be a little worried that
14: Kyle Walters is out there in a the win. Dude, I don't care what GM. Like, there's literally one GM that I'm not re- take, uh, replacing Kyle Walters with. Maybe two in this. Chris league. Jones, Chris Jones for sure. Mm-hmm. Man, I yeah. I you know. Neil McAvoy and BC's yeah. Neil McAvoy and uh, Sean Burke. I yeah. like Berkey. Yeah. Berkey's. Yeah. I think Berkey's going to do great. Th- I yes. mean, he already did great things. He just didn't yeah. have the coaching staff to to get him across the finish line last year. But he he's gotten some great talent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I think Kyle Walters is doing a bang up job, man. I mean, it, teams would be crazy if if he yeah if he slipped and fell off the roster in Winnipeg. I like he'd, he. Everybody would want him. So Darius Sorako would be your number if you're the GM. He's oh. the guy you're signing next. <laughs> Well, and I've seen a couple guys off there's the books Couture, already. There's Couture. Couture's out there, I know. So Cigar- out there Yeah, he's not. Uh, like, look, you know, honestly, if 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 there's if there's a place where I'm willing to build through training camp and through guys that I'm getting from mm-hmm. like the NFL or, the, or, or some type of system down in yeah. the States. I'm doing that with the tackles. And the Riders have Sirocco, brought a couple of guys yeah, in like yeah. that. So so I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with building our tackles through camp but I want somebody with experience that's been in that interior three and Sirocco's a guy.
1: Are you confident it was a down year for our down year and a bit for Evan Johnson and he can turn it around? What? Well, Evan Johnson. Had, no,
14: no, no. no. I, listen, you are what you are, right? You don't. Mm. You, and unfortunately, in this business, you don't get down years like that. Just that doesn't happen, mm. right? Like you are what you are on film. I was what I was on film at the end of the day. Jo was what Jo was on film at the end of the day, right? Um, take it, your favorite player. He is what he right. So that's what you are. There's there's no down years up. There's production wise as a wide receiver and as running back. Mm. You know you mm. like you have you you. I mean, you only, there's only one football as an offensive yeah. player. As an offensive lineman, you're out there every snap doing something against somebody, one-on-one on one or two-on-one, right? So, like, yeah, was it a down year? No, that was him. That was Evan Johnson. So, I mean, what do you... Yeah. Right? If you can... if you, uh, And again, it wasn't just... I don't want to put Evan Johnson on an island. Right. Right? Because it wasn't just Evan Johnson out there. Right? But you, this team needs to make some... That interior three can't be the same. You can build the tackles, I'm fine with, but that interior three can't be the same come back next year.
1: Thanks, brother. All right, man. appreciate it. This has been, been fun. The hey, show... Super Bowl weekend. Super. Oh yeah. I'm okay. Pumped, so, so 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 uh, you're in Friday. We'll talk Super Bowl when you come in on Friday. Yeah. You're right, in cool. on Friday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good. Cool. <laughs> right. We'll be back with the sports cage tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Check it out in podcast form. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. Six twenty CKRM.